1: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
0: Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal
2: Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John. Guys, how are you? Jason. Hey, man. How's it
3: going? Hey, Good, Jason. Talking metal. Hey, Mark. Yeah, welcome to uh, another edition of Talking Metal. We are streaming live here on Facebook. We have some great guests tonight. We have Rob Dukes, the vocalist of Generation Kill and former vocalist of Exodus. And right now, we are live with drummer extraordinaire. Jason Heartless, how are you Jason? I'm doing fantastic. Cool, now how do you guys know each other? John, how do you and Jason know each other?
2: So I know Jason through Jason's dad, Jason Senior and through the whole Ace Freely crew and camp. And okay. my first recollection of ever knowing of Jason was that Richie Scarlet said that he jammed with this amazing young drummer and and it was Jason, and Jason, you've been drumming, I think as long as you can remember, you started when you were
4: five.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I started playing my first gigs when I was five, um, you know, my my dad was a drummer and that's how, you know, the whole Ace Fraley connection got, you know, kind of into my life, is because my dad, the uh, band he was touring with, used to do tons of shows with Ace back in the early 90s and, um, you know, my dad and Ace and Richie became, you know, like brothers, and so, you know, my whole life I've been involved in this Ace Frehley, you know, Kiss camp. So, uh, <laughs> you know, by the time I was uh, six months old, I would, you know, kind of sit on his lap and, you know, um, bang away on the drums. And then, by the time I could walk on my own, I'd be sitting, you know, playing the kit. And, you know, uh, sooner or later, I started playing with some of my dad's friends, and then we started doing uh, like cover gigs around Detroit, where I'm uh, born and raised, and um, about the time I was five.
2: That's awesome. Now, Jason, I wanted to uh, congratulate you because you just graduated from Berklee College of Music, where wow. I met Mark, and yeah. uh, I graduated back in, I don't know, 1991, uh, with a degree in what was called professional music. Which and was... I never
3: graduated, but maybe one day I'll get back
2: there. To... <laughs> but, but you went to a bunch of schools, Mark, so you right. got a lot of education. But So, Jason... Uh, tell us about your degree and and did you physically go there? How did you do it?
5: Well, you know, um, I started my degree back early 2016. And, you know, I kind of was at a, at a crossroads of, you know, do I move to Boston for four years and do my degree or take the online uh, approach? Now, my degree is music business. So it's all book work, you know, pretty much anyways. Um, luckily, I chose the online route. You know, and the main reason was is so that I can continue, you know, work in my career and you know tour with any potential. But literally, about a month, month and a half after I started my degree, I got the call for the Ted Nugent gig.
2: Wow. Now, Jason, let me let me. So you've, this been, tell- you've been you've oh, been playing with Ted while you're doing your
3: education. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and so obviously, we're in weird times now where people aren't uh, physically at school, but were you physically in Boston, or were you doing more online stuff with Berkeley?
5: 100% online. However, I have studied on campus you know, for various things over the years, but uh, my degree is, was, was online 100%.
2: Now, Jason, I want to ask you um, uh, about some of the Berkeley stuff, but I, I just want to first let all of the viewers and what will later be listeners on the podcast version of this know that you are and i'm not just trying to butter you up here you are a drummer on the scale of of like what i would say an anton fig which is to me the the top of the line You, you can play rock you can play jazz you can play fusion you can play anything and you can sound authentic playing all that different stuff. And you had different teachers uh, through the years. One of them, Tommy Clefettos from Black Sabbath. You had a a really cool teacher that um, was on your congratulatory video uh, that was cool. Tell us about all of that and and how did you become not just another rock drummer? Like I went to Berkeley, but I'm not your typical Berkeley musician. I'm more of a straight ahead rock guy. But you, uh, to me, can play everything and can play everything right you sound good at playing everything. Some, like, some jazz dudes can't play rock, some rock dudes can't play jazz. You can play it all. Now, tell me about that.
5: Well, I, I appreciate, you know, those kind of words. And, you know, the thing is, is I, I've always had this mentality and outlook of, of, you know, being a studio musician. You know, I've never, ever had this aspiration or desire to be a quote unquote rock star. You know, um, yeah, I listen to rock music, but, you know, I'm, I listen to everything you know, and in order to be successful, especially in, in this day and age, in this industry, you've got to be the guy that can just play everything, you know? And plus it, it makes my job as a studio player and as a touring musician so much funner because, you know, I never know what style of music I'm playing. I'm always, you know, changing, you know, one day I can, it's actually pretty funny. I've told the story many times on various things, but I was on tour with Joe and Turner doing just a weekend, uh, like, um, uh, a, Great Lakes region kind of tour, Chicago, Detroit, all that stuff. And uh, the last gig was in St. Louis, and I literally flew home directly from the airport and went straight into studio to do a big band Christmas album.
4: Wow. You know, so
5: you go go from playing these rainbow and deep purple songs, Cozy Powell, Bobby Rodinelli, and all this stuff into. Big Bang Christmas album, you know, so it's, it's, that to me is, is what makes it, you know, such a challenge and such a fun thing to do. But, you know, my whole life I was, I grew up in a, in a household of, of, you know, various music styles and listening. So I was always exposed to that stuff. And as I, as I grew up, you know, I started working with various, you know, drummers and, you know, things like that. And, it just was something that I knew that I needed to to do in order to be successful in the thing, you know, in this industry. And being a one-trick pony is really useless, in my opinion, when right. it comes to being a studio musician.
3: Now, now, Jason, you mentioned your dad earlier, and
5: he was a professional musician too. Yeah, he was a, a professional drummer in Detroit, and you know, I played with various uh, various acts. Okay. So was he more rock or jazz or like you really kind of well-rounded? He was, he was, he was a straight ahead metal guy, you know, he was, uh, he, and he always, he always says he's a, he's an eighties rock drummer, you know, cause that's right. what times were. And that's what, you know, he, he loved to do, you know, but, you know, and the thing I will say about my father, he never once ever told me how to play drums, which is, you know, honestly, a rare occurrence when it comes to young, inspiring musicians, you know, usually they have the stage mom or stage dad that are, you know, telling them everything to do. And, you know, I was allowed to find my own sound and find, you know, uh, uh, you know, what to do. And, and, and when it came to my point, and that was absolutely
2: yeah, Jason, uh, we, we could have your dad on here for another podcast and talk about the times where Ace and Richie, I think, would stay over his house uh, for days at a time and just have a good time. So, uh, Jason, so you, you um, had mentioned uh, before that uh, you uh, were uh, taught by, Tom, uh, one of your teachers was Tommy Clefettos, who now plays with Black Sabbath, and he and was playing with Ted Nugent um, for a time. And then how did you get the gig with Ted Nugent? Well, actually, it's it's funny because I I
5: studied with Tommy probably six months to a year, and when I was doing that, he was actually drumming for Ted Nugent. Which and is, how long ago was this? Because I know
3: Tommy was with with Rob Zombie, and then moved over to Ozzy and Sabbath. Uh, this
5: was, was two thousand two. Okay, say. so right. I was I was only about seven eight years old at the time. Wow. But yeah, and he had just got the Alice Cooper gig at that point as well. So Okay. Um, but it was a short, short time that I studied with Tommy. But, you know, Corky Lang, Drummer Mountain, was my main mentor for many years. And, you know, um, guys like Todd Suggerman from Styx and Eric Singer from Kiss and all these guys. And Anton Fig actually taught me how to chart music, you know. Wow. Guys like guys like that have have always, you know, I might not have been one on one lessons with them every week, or you know, but they've had a major mentorship influence on my career over the over the years. But, um, you know, when I was uh, in 2000, I graduated high school in 2013, and at the same time, I started touring with a band out of Detroit called Pistol Day Parade that um, had a lot of you know regional success. And, um, we were just dropping the album and it was, you know, getting rave, rave reviews. And then in the summer of 2014, um, our management label, you know, said, all right, well, we're going to drop our lead single off of this album. And the song was called Rockstar's Girlfriend, which had done extremely, extremely well in the uh, Detroit radio market. And, um, you know, the whole plan was, is to coincide with the radio campaign. We're going to put you out with a, with a major artist as, you know, an opening act for the summer. So we ended up getting the opening slot for Ted Nugent for two and a half months. So that wow. was, uh, that was kind of my introduction to those guys in that whole camp. Um, so Pistolet prayed. we toured with them for two and a half months. The, the single was climbing extremely fast by the end of the tour. The song was number 19 with, um, you know, our, our promoter telling, telling us it's basically going to be a guaranteed number one. If you go on to another tour, so we ended up booking a, a co-headlining tour with Buck Cherry at the end of 14. And um, unfortunately we got off the road with Nugent and you know, the, the uh, three of the members of the band decided that they hated touring.
4: Oh, so, no.
5: so that was, that was, that was literally the end of that. And it's, it's funny cause it's, it's almost identical to the, the story of that thing you do, you know, but right. Um, right. Uh, it's uh it was a great, great uh, situation for me because you know, I, Ooh. I, I met, you know, all the crew and, and band for Nugent and, you know, all this uh all the other, you know, people that were involved in the management. And, you know, come late 2015, early 16, I was, you know, shopping around for some work and sent, you know, a bunch of emails out to some people in the industry, one being um the Nugent's manager just saying, Hey, if you need anybody, you know, or or hear of anybody needing a drummer for a tour in the summer or whatever, let me know. And I got an email back and says, well, can you play a Ted Nugent set perfectly? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I got a call. I got a call from Ted about two days later. And, um, you know, we talked for like an hour, hour and a half on the phone about, you know, Detroit music and, you know, uh, what he wants in a drummer and, 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 you know, things like that. And, you know, he's always had a thing for Detroit musicians. You know, Tommy Clifettos was from Detroit. I'm from Detroit. And, you know, he is band from the seventies and eighties were guys from Detroit. So it's always been that, that connection of being a major factor and you know, what he wants, because there's a certain sound that Detroit musicians have. And, you know, you go back to the Motown and, and even in the eighties and nineties, there was a very, very prominent scene here. Unfortunately, it's no longer existent, but, um, Detroit musicians have a, have a, distinct sound. And, you know, he was looking for that. And, uh, you know, here I am five years later where this would be my, my fifth tour with, uh, with Ted, but unfortunately due to the, uh, pandemic, it's been moved to 2021. Oh, right on. Wow. So
3: Anthony Esposito uh actually watching now on Facebook live. Uh, he he was I don't know if this means anything to you guys but he said Mike the cop was telling him about you Jason at some point and saying that they should look into you for Red Dragon Cartel. Uh with Jake Lee's band, and of course Esposito's played with Ace, he's played with George Lynch and Lynch Mob,
5: quite a uh, uh player in in the in the field. So do, do you know Anthony? I, I think I met him uh, when he was still playing with Ace years and years ago. But you know, And that, who's Mike the cop? I don't know. Who, I have no idea who that. I
2: is. know what Jason the cop. And I was going to talk to you at the end about Jason the cop. Um, who's going to send me a mask by the kiss mask. But Anthony Esposito, hello. Uh, one of my favorite bass players and favorite musicians of all time. Uh, I learned so much from Anthony uh, as a tour manager and uh, such a great guy. He um, Has a great studio. He plays uh, with Jakey e. Lee right now and Red Dragon Cartel. And uh, I first knew about Anthony Jason. You got to check him out uh, since uh, he was in Lynch Mob way back when. When George Lynch first left Doc, and uh, he's a great guy. So anyway, so if, if you have, if you need any more work, uh, contact. Uh, uh anthony about a jakey lee gig <laughs> so uh yeah those guys are all great now um jason i i want to get into some of the other stuff you're doing but first i just want to ask you how is it to tour with ted um I, you know what i should have brought out my ted nugent inspired uh gla- they're like wine goblets with like a, a leopard skin and i guarantee he has the same exact one so uh my mom got these for me not knowing that but i i thought they were cool because I have Sorry the to same interrupt. Glasses.
3: Anthony says Mike Supa. I don't know who that
2: oh, is. Oh, Mike Supa. Mike Supa, yeah. You know Mike Supa, right?
5: Yeah, I, I, just through Facebook.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, Mike Supa. I, I never refer to Mike Supa as Mike the Cop. I just always refer to him as Supa. But yes, Mike Super is great. And uh, he's a musician too, great guitar player. Um, but yeah, so tell us about playing on tour with Ted Nugent. And you, it's just a three-piece, right? You, Ted, and one other guy wow. playing bass.
5: Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal, you know, and honestly, I, when I, when, when I opened for Ted on the tour, you know, going into that, I knew I wasn't really familiar with Nugent's Nugent's playing, obviously a new strangled, Gaspersh Fever, all the, all the hits, but I was not, you know, super familiar with it. And, you know, watching him every single night open, you know, when we were, I was opening for him, it just, it it blew my freaking mind of just how unbelievable of a player he is. And, you know, I, I, Com- it completely changed my mind, you know, um, outlook on, on him as a musician, you know, cause everybody sees, you know, this, this large and life character, but you know, when you really see this guy perform live, it's just like, holy crap, this is insane. And then, um, you know, when I started playing with him, it, it, it went even higher, you know, his musical IQ is through the freaking moon. And, you know, as a, as a, as a drummer, you know, I'm following him where usually, obviously it's usually the other way around where everybody follows right. the drummer. I'm following him and it's, it's, it's taught me such a a completely different side of playing and you know, the stuff that he pulls out of his ass, you know, on stage and in the studio is just mind blowing, you know, and, and as a person, you know, he's one of the the best people in the, in the world, you know, he treats my family like his family. And, you know, I, I, talk to him almost every single day and, you know, he's just one of the, one of the best guys in the world. He actually took me hunting for the first time ever in my life last fall. Nice. And, uh, you know, that was quite an experience, but you know, I, I, I couldn't ask for, for a better gig and, you know, better, um, you know, person to work for,
3: you know, I, I I was a a big fan of a record, which I I think gets overlooked and it was a little miss dangerous. It was in the probably like 85, 86 Mm -hmm. and, uh, man, what a great era of Nugent that I think a lot of times gets overlooked does he ever you know I know everyone wants to hear the big hits from the 70s and stuff but does he does he ever venture back into the 80s territory uh in the set list because it's been a while since I've seen Ted live well
5: last last year we rehearsed the song Painkiller off Little Miss Dangerous we never we never ended up playing it but last year we actually pulled out a lot of deep cuts from the 70s like we played um a uh, thousand knives, uh, off Cat Scratch Fever, and we played um, uh, what was uh, what well, we did Queen of the Forest off the first record, and um, oh, what was the what was the other one? Oh, Street Rats off of um, uh, Free Fall record. So you know we're always pulling these these different you know um, kind of little deep deep cut nuggets. Um, you know I think I get asked the most. You know when are we going to pull out some Amboy Duke stuff from the you know late sixties early seventies. Um, we've played journey to the center of mine, maybe three or four times over my, my course with him. But yeah, you know, he's just had such a, you know, long sustained career, almost 60 years. And, you know, he, he just gets better and better and better every single time I play with him. It's, it's insane. He's definitely one of those people that he, uh, he gets better with age. Nice.
2: I, I, we, we love Ted Nugent. Um, we've had him on the Talking Metal podcast uh, in the mid to, mid to late 2000s. Uh, it was great to have him on. We talked about rock and roll. We talked about hunting in, in my home state of Pennsylvania. And uh, we, we just are fans. I've seen Ted, uh, I, I think out of, I mean, of course, I've seen Ace Frehley and Kiss a million times. But out of other bands, I've seen Ted Nugent and Iron Maiden more than anyone else. Wow. And uh, so I've always been a big fan. Jason, um, I want to ask you about something involving the music business. So you are part of something called the Prudential Music Group. Tell us about that.
5: So, you know, when I started my degree at Berkeley, um, you know, it's I'm the type of guy that I hate theoretical, um, you know, work, uh, assignments and stuff like that. You know, I, I'm the type of guy that I want to work on practical stuff If I am and um a label in, based out of Detroit that I've done a lot of work with over the years as a session musician for them um, you know they approached me and was like you know the label's kind of been defunct for you know a year and a half we have you know sony orchard distribution do you want to take it over and become a managing partner and you know basically on the job training because you're working on your degree as well as running a company at the same time i was like yeah absolutely and um you know at that point, it was mainly a catalog label you know they had they were under a different name, and you know I bought out you know a bunch of different catalogs and you know turned into Prudential Records when I you know was around and you know since then we 've you know turned it into Prudential Music Group and formed you know Rouge Records, which is a vinyl reissue label and you know we partnered with Third Man pressing here in Detroit, Michigan you know to do all of our vinyl, so keeping it you know local. And uh, as well as Prudential Publishing to house all of our publishing catalog. But, you know, it's it's been mainly about, you know, trying to bring back resurgence of a lot of classic albums and classic artists, you know, that hadn't, you know, maybe been reissued by the majors or anything like that. But, you know, it's all it's all about the product and, you know, making sure that we're putting out a product that is a collector's item you know, and I've always been a big vinyl guy even before the, the boom happens. So I appreciate the sound and the quality and, you know, just what actually goes into it, you know, but, you know, having, having the opportunity to, to run a company with, you know, uh, major distribution through Sony has, has been a big, big thing for me to be able to, you know, get again, on the job training while I'm um, doing my degree. So, you know, now that I have my degree, I'm starting my master's in music business at Berkeley uh, next month. And, you know, it's just, it, it just helps the, uh, the stepping stone, you know, and I don't look at it as a fallback to my career, but you know, it's, it's, I'd rather be in a position to where I'm busy doing other things when I'm not on the road or in the studio. You know, versus. Jason, it's
2: it's really amazing. I mean, m- most of uh, at least when I was at Berkeley, we always wanted to be where you are, and you're you were there while going to Berkeley, playing with Ted Nugent, working with Prudential, and uh, just working with uh, you. You got to to just one of the best things that happened to me at Berkeley is I got to meet other musicians and people in the industry. You are having on the job training doing that. And I want to uh, send a shout out to your drum tech, Randy Walker. It's his birthday today, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, Randy's a great guy. I remember him from, I think I met him at BB King's when you guys played there. And uh, I worked with him in contributing to that video. One other quick thing I want to say is you're a super hockey fan, and uh, is that, that's correct, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're, you said your dad wanted you to be a hockey player, not a drummer, right? Well, you know, I was I
5: was born in November. So my first Christmas, I was a month old. He got me little, little skates, little gloves. And, you know, at first was like, you know, he's going to be a hockey player. But, you know, he soon learned really quick that I was gravitating towards the drums. And I'm a massive hockey fan, but I've never skated in my freaking life. Oh, yeah. Now,
2: you, you're friends with some of the Red Wings guys,
4: right?
5: Yeah. Yeah. You know, some former Red Wings and a couple current guys, you know, uh, but one of my closest friends is Drew Miller, who's uh, re- retired from the wings about two years ago. And like he even, he even, you know, mentioned possibly, you know, playing in Red Wing alumni games is like, that'd be sweet, but I can't skate because they, they have <laughs> celebrities, you know, participate and, and stuff like that right. too. But like, I don't I think love you should. To. I don't think you should
2: do it for, and I'm going to tell you why, for the same reasons uh, people are not supposed to ride motorcycles or do anything like that, because you cannot accidentally get hurt on that ice and break your leg or your arm, because that's your your main career as a drummer. Exactly. Don't do it. it. Just go and hang out with those dudes. What what day day,
3: in uh, November are you born, Jason? Uh, The 5th. The 5th. Okay. I'm 19. Mark, when is your birthday? November nineteenth,
2: yeah. Oh, okay. So you guys are Hello, Scorpio, yeah. J- Jason, you, um, you and your dad, you guys are obviously f- um, familiar with Slapshot and the, the Chiefs. And I wanted to tell you something. Where, where that, where Slapshot was uh, done, that was my hometown of Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And in 1978, the team in Johnstown, which wasn't called the Chiefs, it was called the Jets. But some of those, that's where they did it, and those guys from the Jets were in the movie as the Chiefs. and uh, But in 78, they became the Johnstown Wings, which was uh, like an affiliate of the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And then in 79, uh, 80 season, they were actually called the Johnstown Red Wings. So my hometown team was once part of the Red Wings. <laughs> and then now they changed the name to the Chiefs just so they could be like the movie. But Right, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's awesome. And I played uh, peewee hockey like when I was like, I don't know. I don't even think I was twelve. I think I was like eight or ten, and uh, so I played a couple of seasons. So, guys, That's we are we
3: are claiming the fame. Guys, we are hanging with, with Jason Heartless right now, uh, a drummer, young drummer, and we have Rob Dukes coming up in just a bit. Uh, I want to ask you, Jason, what younger bands you you know you play with? It's no, it's it's no secret. I mean, Ted's like you said, he's an older guy. He gets better with age, but what younger bands have caught your, your eye and ear for that matter, or musicians? And and they can be any, any style of music from jazz, rock, hip hop, whatever. What, what musicians under the age of 30
5: have caught your eye and ear lately? Honestly, you know, we're, we're in the day and age where, you know, music is such an accessible commodity. You know, I've got a three billion songs on my phone and can access any song that's ever been released on my phone. So it's such a, a hard thing to kind of sift through the masses because it's right. everything's So, you know, there's so much music being thrown at you and, you know, there's a billion and one drummers on YouTube doing covers. So, you know, there's, there's just so many great musicians out there nowadays. And, you know, unfortunately I still do see that, you know, there is a decline in, you know, the, Interest in playing music, but you know, hopefully, you know, we continue the stride, and obviously, the you know, many manufacturers are seeing that in their sales of their instruments, you know, that it's just it's not there anymore. But you know, hopefully, there's going to be a there's going to be a, you know, change in the industry that definitely is going to spark a new interest, you know, for the younger generation, you know. And when I'm not touring, I'm you know, I'm a a, a teacher at a at a music school here in Detroit, and you know trying to, to make sure that these, these kids are, you know, being in the right path to inspire them to, you know, be creative. Cause you know, the problem that we have nowadays is it's there's there's been such a loss in creativity, you know, that there's nothing original, everything, everything's been done, you know, so there's, there's nothing new that's coming in a while that's been able to spark that interest in creativity in younger musicians.
4: Yeah, it's a good
3: point because, you know, I've had this conversation with people. I mean, I, I there's some great bands out there, like Dirty Honey is a great band of, of young guys that I love, but they're never going to do it like Aerosmith did it. And it's partly because Aerosmith did it first. Aerosmith, were, you know, they were one of the innovators, you know, it's the same like when you go to metal, like thrash metal, like Warbringer is a great band, but, you know, Overkill and Exodus. And those were the guys who, who did it first, you know? So it's, 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 it's interesting to think about that. Like, like is there anywhere else in the realm of rock that we can go, you know, with guitar driven music, uh, guitar, drums, and bass that is. So yeah, it's an interesting question. And I I hope that some younger people can, not only pick up the torch and continue what, what has been going on, but maybe even expand upon it. And I think that's kind of what you were hitting, hinting
5: at, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and unfortunately, you know, uh, you know, rock is a dying genre, you know, to be totally honest. And we all know this, and you know, there aren't new rock bands that are coming out. You know, the only bands that are still out there are the classic artists, you know, seventies, eighties and nineties. And, um, you know, the, the, that's why for me as a studio musician, you know, I I do a lot of stuff in Nashville because, you know, the country pop and, and country market is, is such a relevant thing to the younger generation these days. So, you know, going back to the question earlier of, you know, my, my outlook of being that guy that can play all these genres, especially nowadays is so, so important because you know, if you're, if you're only relying on one genre and only focusing on one thing, you know, you're going to get lost in the rut because there's a billion other musicians that are just as good as you, worse than you, or better than you that are all pining for the same gig. So it goes way, way, way deeper than just you're playing. So you got to be able to, you know, say yes. When, when someone says, Hey, can you play a bossa nova or Hey, can you play a halftime shuffle perfectly? You know? So it's 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 just it's such a a interesting time in the industry, and unfortunately, the the pandemic is putting a a, a dagger in in you know the touring industry as we know it for a, at least you know a year. So you know we're definitely going to see a, a different uh, kind of landscape. I think once we get out of this thing, but you know it's great. It's, it's something see. that I thought about. It's like who
3: survives this you know year break, and and when we come back, are are we going to see new seeds start to take take form uh you know it's like the asteroid wiping out the dinosaurs yeah i don't don't know maybe it's it's not i I don't know but it could be
5: you know the amount of the amount of creativity that that i'm seeing on you know social media by you know people doing these quarantine videos like i've done a you know a bunch of them with various musicians and stuff and you know things like that really really help keep music you know real music alive not not just you know, uh, programmed, uh, you know, drum loops and, and sequence stuff. And which is all great, you know, cause it's, it's, you know, very popular, but in terms of the, the craft and the art of, you know, playing music with humans right. <laughs> and not, not playing to a backing track or something is still, you know, really, really like uh, uh, next week, um, uh, on, on my social medias, I'm releasing a, a, a quarantine video that I did with a bunch of musicians. Um, yeah, you know, a cover of Lido Shuffle by Boss Skaggs okay you know, it's myself uh greg smith who's my bass player with nugent who played with alice cooper and rainbow and you know he lives in pennsylvania i live in detroit you know we got lenny castro who's the 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 most recorded percussionist from toto you know playing congas and he lives in la and we had a, a great uh, female vocalist from texas sing on it and you know it was all put together by my drum tech randy in arizona so you know, these type of things are just absolutely phenomenal right now. And, you know, and just a crucial part of, you know, kind of accepting this change in the industry right now. Right absolutely.
2: Now. Jason, speaking of your, your social media, um, everybody should check out uh, yours because uh, I want you to tell people how to find you, but I want to tell you that I love that E minor shuffle, that David Page from <laughs> Toto track. That was pretty awesome. That's my favorite current quarantine video of all bands. So oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you, thank now you. Tell, that, yeah, tell, that,
5: that's a deep cut.
2: <laughs> that is a great track. Now, tell everybody how to find those quarantine videos on Facebook and the best place to find you online and on social media.
5: Well, you know, I always I always joke because I'm the most easily found person in the world. Because, you know, uh, not too many people have the name Jason Heartless. It just so happened... Two of them live in the same house, <laughs> one being right. my father. And, um, you know, so, you know, Jason Hartless on all Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that crap, you can find me so easily.
2: Great. And Jason, before we let you go, I got to tell you something that you don't even know yet that uh, it's not not breaking. It's a joke, but um, there's so many people in your life named Jason. There's you, there's your dad, there's Jason, Al, the the cop, (laughs) there's Jason from Prudential. And so uh, I just found that out today. So everybody I think in business with you is Jason. So I told your dad that if I ever become a you know, big time TV producer. I'm going to have a show called Senior, Junior, and the Cop. And it's going to be you guys. You're going to be rock and roll crime fighters. And I'm going to be, this was your dad's idea, like the Charlie from Charlie's Angels. And I direct you guys to go out and do things. So it's It's called Senior, Junior, and the Cop. And it's going to have like a 70s vibe. That's awesome. Nice. Okay. Working on the screenplay now, right? Yeah, it's,
3: it's good. I think it's going to be a hit. It's going to be a big hit. Sounds like it, man. So, Jason, thank you so much for hanging with us. It was great to meet you. And please continue doing what you're doing. Uh, it sounds like you are not only making music, but I love the the whole stuff with the vinyl. I'm a big vinyl guy myself. And and like you said, I think it is really important when this stuff is is reissued that it is something special and some, not to mention any names, but some artists and bands and and labels do a better job at that than others. So thank you for uh, your work on that end too. And uh, please, yeah, keep us posted on everything you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on.
2: Thanks again, Jason. i talk to you guys soon. All right, man. Take care. Cool. Yeah. Jason's nice. so cool, Mark. Yeah. And, and he's so young and he's so good. I mean, when you see, I'm a drummer. I went to Berkeley. I, I, I am blown away when I watch this guy play. Yeah. Out of control.
3: I can't believe Anthony Esposito is watching the stream, man.
2: I love Anthony. Anthony, yeah. you got to come on. Uh, talk uh, other people
3: too. Let's see uh, who we have going on
2: here. Rick Lees. He is, oh, Rick ten- Lees is my good friend from PA. One of my best all time friends. We saw Iron Maiden and Ace Freely together back in 88. Nice. I've nice. known Rick uh, since kindergarten, I think. We have Sh- Sherry. Um, Sherry, you know, yeah, yeah. Sherry and Michelle. Those are my good friends. They, they're they going to be part of our marketing team. Oh, all right. Jason Al. Yeah, Janie, that's Jason the Cop. Jason,
3: the oh, cop. that's Jason the Cop. Okay. <laughs> Janie, uh, Janie Smith. Yeah, so a lot of people. Janie, that's my in. Aunt Janie. What's oh, that? Okay. 54 comments already. That's crazy. Good. Burt Gabriel wow, a, uh, wants to know where Bud Friendly is. Um, we, we got to bring him
2: back you know what we ought to have here bring burt gabriel back or bud friendly Bert, both Bert gabriel and <laughs> bud friendly we got to bring them both back <laughs> Bert, gabriel, Bert was, gabriel was a kid
3: he's probably uh well into being a grown-up now but he was he was a, a kid who would call into our show and curse and and he called in from like <laughs> We never knew if he was in California or Tijuana <laughs> or back and forth.
2: Yeah. I think he, was he's a, in he was a crazy guy. We met up with him once. Do you yeah, remember I, We met him I remember in New we York once for like drinks. For Gabriel. Yeah. Bert yeah. Gabriel, his his name on Facebook is Gabrielle Ray Nariega. And you know what's really funny? He was posting some funny stuff on one of the early episodes and it said like, We had that – he was making – he was posting some funny stuff, and my mom thought that Bert Gabriel – or it said Gabriel, so she thought it was a girl named Gabrielle, and she was like, oh, who's that girl, Gabrielle? And I go, I think you mean Bert Gabriel, and he was just kidding about the secret relationship. Yeah, (laughs) so so that was – I mean, we've
3: been doing this so long, John. I mean, I was thinking earlier today – about like Z Man, we had the Talking Metal forums and like Z Man yeah, and yeah. John Ex, uh, Exciter, John Casimano. Yeah, remember, he like, yeah. he, like, yeah. he like he like he uh, like came up. I think he's on the, the Fuse show, the pilot, and yeah, he came he, to New York. He, he was like he mailed me like a bottle of like Southern Comfort or something. I can't even. Remember. Jim Beam maybe it was flying to to hang with us. To- I haven't heard from Exciter, John Casimano. in oh, we got to figure out years. How he's going. And, but it's well, nice yeah. to hear from Burt Gabriel, some of the yeah, old crew. I love Gabriel. And what I said to you earlier today in a text is is absolutely uh, true. Maybe it was yesterday. That um, I, I feel like, you know, it's no secret that the podcast, you haven't been quite as involved with it as you used to. And Correct, this yeah. Friday night thing, if anything good has come out of this quarantine, and I'm not like one of these guys who's like, you know, thinking it's all, it's all great, uh, and I'll get into that. But uh, if anything good has come out, it's been this, this thing, because we really, we're yeah, having you good back good. in the fold, having a drink here. Yeah, it's really talking bought metal the toast. flavor like got of ace.
2: the oh. original Talking Metal back.
3: And I'm gonna crack open this uh, yeah. right now.
2: But I gotta show everybody, I am drinking a vodka tonic, uh, and of course, I'm drinking Dash Vodka, my Dash favorite vodka. brand of vodka from Texas. Ask for this wherever you can find vodka because it's great. Ask this is a uh, Oney IPA, and uh, it's uh, a,
3: a lighter IPA. Um, nice. It yeah, like I, I, IPA. As much as I love IPAs, I can only drink them for about two hours, and then I just want to go to sleep. Or I yeah. get real cranky and start yelling at people. So, <laughs> which has, beer, is, is it been, it's only three people. Cause I, I'm in, we're in the quarantine with, with Emily uh, Harrison. And you and too, Grant, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I, you know, I, it's like, I, I was like, oh, go ahead, go ahead.
2: I got to tell vodka. you a story. I got to, I got to say thanks to Hank and Rennie Reeves, my cousins for the dash vodka. And I got to tell you, there's been a, there's been a scandal. on scandal. Okay. And it's because I was trying to save $1. <laughs> by this and i'm going to give you a new jersey covid update okay this what is, is i can't even, what is weekend. that it says it says white star okay now white star is a bar in okay. jersey city now I is love that white where we star. went right before the whole thing the covid exploded no no that was that was a different place but but white star is a great place they've got two locations in jersey city and here's the the deal It's not white stars fault it's not this fake cans fault but here's what happens in jersey city you still can of course go into restaurants or bars you can only go to target you can go to home depot and you can go to grocery stores and bj's wholesale club that's all that's open so i keep going to all of those places so uh White Star, one of the locations, one's like a block away, the other one's a little further away. They they figured out that they can serve draft beer to go in these cans. And see, they have a cap that is really hard to get off. It, it, and I just got it off. So yesterday What do you I mean walked, they figure it out?
3: Like legally
2: they so can legally, do that Legally. Yeah. So legally. And what I would kill
3: for a draft beer right now.
2: Yeah. Legally they can fill up this can with draft beer and they got a nice selection. And and then you take it to go. So I take the can of beer with the cap on that I could just, you know, barely pull off, and I put it in my bag with my computer uh, that I use to do this talking metal live show. And guess what happened? The beer opened up, and um, uh, the computer oh, is now destroyed. Uh, and luckily, I have three other laptops and I'm um, desktop, oh, so I'm using what kind the other of beer? App, a uh, nice MacBook, my favorite oh, new MacBook. Man. So, yeah, um, uh, we're gonna have to get that fixed. So, yeah. now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna drink beer out of this beer stein. That I got from oh, Mike wow. Lincoln. Now, let me tell you this Kiss fans will recognize what this is. This is a beer stein from Germany that Mike Lincoln's aunt Pat.
4: Okay, uh, no one knows World who Mike Travel. Lincoln
2: is, though. So explain who Mike okay, Lincoln Mike is. Okay, Mike Lincoln. Mike Lincoln is the drummer of Like It. And he's also. And Like It is of, John's band. Just Yes, my yeah. band, Like It. And uh, he's been in uh, famous groups like Electric Frankenstein and uh, a bunch of other cool bands. And in New York, in the East Village, he played with half of the bands that existed in that uh, genre. Um, He was in Sticky with the great uh, late Georgie Seville. Very sorry to hear about
3: him. He (laughs) He was was in Sticky. Sticky. You're talking about Sticky Sticky like like they're the Rolling Stones, man. What has been (laughs)
2: Sticky? (laughs) <laughs> sticky, to me, was New York's Rolling Stones. I love Sticky. Oh, okay. So I don't anyway, know he gave me, sure. me this. I'm sure they were great. Beer Stein. And if you look in the Kiss, uh, I said Kissology. Uh, what was the book called, the Kiss release? The big Kiss book. Maybe history kiss history kiss yes. They show a picture of Paul Stanley and Ace Frehley holding beer steins. Ace is like this big. Uh, Paul's is more like this size. But this is an authentic Bierstein it's called a Stein and it's from Germany. Thanks to Mike Lincoln. So I will be using that to drink beer and no longer putting this in my bag with the computer. Uh, No offense to white star was not their fault. It was this, it was my fault. So anyway, that's that Uh, another COVID New Jersey update. I want to thank a really great girl, Christina McGlynn, a Facebook friend of mine uh, and kiss an ACE fan. And look what she sent me. I just got it uh, today. uh, I'm going to put it up to the screen here. This is a Kiss mask. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And it says, you drive us wild, we'll drive you crazy, which is part of Rock and Roll Night. And I'm going to demo what I will look like in the Kiss mask. Cool. And,
3: John, I haven't even told you this, but um, a good friend, uh, Joe Ryan, uh, out in California, who I hung with when I was out in L.A. um, back in September... Uh, He is attempting to help us get some talking metal masks made, and he oh, even sent me great. like a like a picture of a prototype. So wow, uh, that would be hopefully really those will come through, sure. and I think we'll we'll reserve those for some of the the hardcore uh, talking metal fans and uh, get those out to you guys. So stay tuned for talking metal that masks. Would be great,
2: I, I got uh, one more shout out um, to Night Bob. Of Night Bob's sound. I was going to ask you about Night, Night Bob. Sound. Night Bob, very famous uh,
3: mixer. Of course, Hi, uh, they, he's in the Aerosmith book, the official Aerosmith biography. They talk about him in that. And uh, I've met Night Bob. And what did Night, Night Bob, last, when I was, I hung with him when I was with you somewhere, and he told me some like, Scandalous, oh, a story about one of the aerosmith guys that I didn't believe, and then it actually ended up being true like a couple of weeks later. But uh, yeah, Joey Kramer <laughs> yeah, Night
2: Bob like, yeah. is amazing, and um, oh, that was a Joey's, uh, yeah, no, and- I, I
3: shouldn't say I didn't believe it, but it was a, it was like, whoa, uh, you know, I wasn't sure, but it, sure, he was spot on.
2: Night Bob is, an, in my opinion, the, the best sound man that there is. And I'm not just saying that. Uh, Night Bob has done sound for uh, my band's Cherry Red and, of course, Like It. And Night Bob is Ace's main guy. Night Bob, I, I met Night Bob first when he was doing sound with Ace Frehley back in 1987. Then he went on to do sound with Paul Stanley on his solo tour. He did sound with Ted Nugent, sound with Kiss. And he's been doing this since the the 70s. And, um, he, he's the best and he's one of the coolest guys and night Bob, um, if you ever get a chance to just sit with night Bob and for him to talk to you about, uh, stuff that happened back in the day, uh, you'll never have a, a you won't hear better stories from anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm wow. convinced because the, I don't think there's one single musician who has as many good stories because night Bob has just worked with everybody. And the other thing is everybody loves and respects night Bob, uh, because they know he's just that good. By the way,
3: Z-Man, remember him checking in on the comments. Yeah, Z-Man, nice. He is is there. Victor Ruiz, uh, Mars Attacks podcast, a great podcast. Checking in. Rich St. Van. Oh yeah, right. Rich, yeah.
2: Rich is uh, up here in Weehawken. And uh Delilah uh Criheli, one of the greatest photographers from Rockstar Picks. And Dee, I, I have oh, to man, I know uh, you know what I gotta do? I promise Dee, I'm gonna show something. So stand by while I pull this off the wall. Hang on.
3: All right. So guys, um we've been putting these up as podcasts. So a few things. Oh wow, what do you got there?
2: Look at this. This is a Portrait that uh, D shot of me playing on stage, with like it, and um, you can't tell this from the picture here, but it's honestly printed on like metal. So the photographic paper is metallic. It's it's insane. Where do you see this in in real life, Mark? When you come wow. out, wow, yeah, That's I can right. tell already, Delilah. Thank you so much. Uh, and her company is called rockstarpix.rocks. Yeah, and, right. And uh, that's the website. And uh, believe me, believe it or not, I'm part of the logo. This kind of looks like a K. So um, I'm part of the uh, Rockstar Pix uh, logo now. So, oh, cool. Rockstar yeah, I see. Picks. It does look C-I-S. like a K.
3: So Burt Gabriel, real quick, give me a 30-second answer. Burt Gabriel wants to know about the squirrel. I think you took a picture of a squirrel.
2: Yes, okay. <laughs> so the squirrel guys is uh, I took a picture of a squirrel. The reason I just wrote squirrel was the the other day, so here's what you do when when there's COVID, I call it COVID time again, just like the song Cold gin Time Again. <laughs> COVID time again. So, right. so when there's COVID time again, you just you hang out, you work during the day. Uh I'm lucky enough to be able to work from home, so I work during the day and then I go on a venture. And, um, it'll take me somewhere in the area. I, sometimes I walk like six miles and then I come back and on one of my walks, I, I took pictures of ducks and, uh, and geese. And there was a big online thing about me not knowing uh, the difference between a duck and a goose, um, uh, or a male and female male or duck, which now I do thanks to everybody. I'm from the country, so I should know that stuff. However, I did not. Um, but, so, I posted the, the picture of the ducks, and then it said I saw some squirrels. And then right. there, was a, there was a moment online where people thought that I thought the ducks were squirrels. Oh,
3: okay. All right.
2: So, I was posting that picture of a squirrel to show that I know that difference. To show that you actually recognize
3: wildlife in, uh, yes. in, so in Hudson County, in New Jersey. I was posting
2: pictures of ducks, but I also right. saw squirrels, not pictures. I should have put, like, remember that one album that you played on? Um, and it said Ranger X not pictured. Right, right. Yeah. I should have put Squirrels not pictured, but but there was an right. online controversy about that. So
4: right, that's why I
2: posted that picture. I loved it. I love that my friend Kim uh, from Windber, PA. Uh, Kim Dale. She uh, her, her maiden name is Kim Oldham, and we used to sit next to each other because uh, Ostrowski and Oldham. We were the O's and um, in school, and she posted like a, a funny thing about that too uh, when I pictured the.
3: the a squirrel. So we got we got like 12 minutes in theory, if he doesn't join cool. early, until Rob Duke's uh, former Exodus vocalist joins us. And, oh, I just oh, want to finish that. what I started before. That Yeah, okay. so guys, what happens to this is it goes up on YouTube. We need you all to subscribe to our YouTube channel because if we can get 10,000 subscribers, apparently we can use the uh, YouTube studios in New York City. Uh, for for free I guess and they'll help us with amazing. productions uh, so please we're only we're only we're not even at 6,000 so we need we need everyone here to go to youtube.com slash talking metal and subscribe so these videos get posted there and then the audio is used for a podcast and uh, yeah and those go up and sometimes we add music in and stuff on the podcast uh, which so it's uh, a little bit slicker and 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 stuff like that i tell you what let's um let's play right now little miss dangerous by ted nugent on the podcast
2: version is that all right john that sounds great right here is little miss dangerous by ted nugent
6: She makes a move at midnight She got the magic touch That little a girl is dangerous Just a bit too much In the midnight hour About the stroke of twelve She'd be stepping out you're gonna raise some hell and it's a boom. She's holding that wild car. Gotta make a move. Should make your life so hard. High heel sneakers, a head to toe in Such a dangerous body with a little girl's face. A little Miss Dangerous. Little Miss Dangerous me. She's my Little Miss Dangerous Not so dangerous Tonight Oh yes she
3: Ted Nugent here on the Talking Metal podcast. And this is actually, we're doing a live stream. You were, if you're listening to the podcast, this is the audio from the live screen, screen, stream. The video is posted on YouTube and we do these generally every Friday night on John's Facebook page. So it's a lot of fun. We got Rob Dukes, uh, apparently in about 10 minutes, he'll be joining us. Do you want to do a brush with greatness or a guitar? Uh, I can pick one of your guitars.
2: Okay, go ahead, why don't you pick a guitar?
3: Okay, so behind you, uh, it's like a black looking one, it's uh, like-
2: Okay, I see it, I see it. Yeah, let me grab it. Guys, I'm gonna show you something. This is a, t- you're getting all the, the tricks of the trade here. In, in like photography and television and the media industry, there's certain things that you're not supposed to see. So this night shirt, which I love, was a 2XL, so I've got a hair clip, On the back, so (laughs) I wasn't going to show that, but that that pulls it in anyway. That's a trick of the trade. (laughs) I forgot I had that,
3: that that that. okay? Yeah, that's the one. Yep,
2: okay. So, this guitar here is a 2003 Gibson Les Paul Classic. Now, a classic is the same, in my opinion, as a Les Paul standard, it's just got a different name, but it's uh, what denotes a standard uh, from a custom is that a standard uh, has many things, single ply binding on the front, no binding on the back. And um, now this, of course, uh, fans of KISS will recognize it as something that looks like an Ace Ferrelli guitar because it's got three cream pickups um, and a pickguard, and uh, these are, of course, DiMarzio pickups. And this is, uh, this is basically what Ace played. Now, the, the difference is, is that Ace's... The, the one that Ace played that everybody knows is a Les Paul custom as opposed to a Les Paul standard. And that has multi-plied binding on the top and the back. But the cool thing about this guitar, there's a couple of neat things. Uh, this guitar originally had uh black Gibson pickups and it kind of looked a little bit like Peter Frampton's guitar with right.
4: black pickups.
2: Okay. And, um, the coolest thing is that Larry DiMarzio, um, of DiMarzio pickups, which have been out since the seventies, uh, actually was nice enough to send me these three double cream pickups, which he has, uh, DeMarzio is the only company that's allowed to make double creams. And, um, he sent them to me. I had them installed, uh, in Manhattan. And this is just a great, great guitar. And the funniest thing is that, um, Ace really, of, you know, of course, uh, of Kiss and you know legendary rock and roll Hall of Fame musician was here in in this apartment and, and he picked this guitar up and the funniest thing is that one of the knobs flew off when he picked it up and it was just pretty funny because he grabs the guitar and the knob goes flying he's like what just happened I go sorry not what knob's a little loose so uh, this guitar has been played by Ace and I honestly have to say that I think seeing this guitar again uh, inspired Ace to dig out his uh, Uh, black or what they call Ebony Les Paul Customs and start playing him again. And he did that. uh, You could see him on the Spaceman record uh, cover with uh, his black, one of his old black ones. And uh, he used it live uh, around that time. So um, Ace inspired me and then I re-inspired Ace, I believe. And the, the other historic thing is that if you, if you look up online, uh, Pete Townsend and the Hard Rock Cafe. The v- second guitar ever given to the Hard Rock Cafe was a Les Paul Standard with three cream pickups. And the wow, story cool. behind that is that um, Eric Clapton gave the, the first guitar to the Hard Rock Cafe. And when Pete Townsend heard about that, he goes, if, if, if you put up an Eric Clapton guitar, I'm going to send you a guitar so you can put mine up because I'm just as good as that or my guitar is just as cool. So Was so that the second- to Hard Rock in London? Yeah, the Hard Rock in London. Yeah, cuz
3: I know I know Clapton was a big fan of the Hard Rock in London. I don't even know if he was an investor or what, but he um he he like even like tweaked their menu and stuff and and wow. I know he yeah, he was a I I think he he may reside in Los Angeles now, but I know Clapton when when he when he was in London, this is like back in the '80s that that he was a, a big fan of the Hard Rock Cafe when it was still kind of underground. You know, before it went all corporate. I don't even know when it started in London. It could have been the '70s for all I know. Yeah, of, I, I, sure. I have
2: to. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, it's. I've always been a fan of Hard Rock Cafe, which is why. My apartment looks like it looks because I've got like the frame stuff and the guitars on the walls.
3: Yeah, well, I, I was too. And we used to go to the one uh, when I, I, you know, everyone thinks I'm a Jersey guy, which I kind of am. But but I, I actually went to high school in the Midwest. I went to junior high in, in Wisconsin and uh, high school in uh, the Chicago suburbs. And we used to go to Chicago to the when the hard rock opened there and that was a big deal because i believe it was the only the third hard rock i think it was like new york la chicago wow. at that time uh and i remember being just in awe because they had warren Martini's uh snake skin i guess it was a charvel i guess it was a charvel yeah hanging on the wall there uh yeah warren warren Martini, one of my favorite players actually and, and kind of Unlike a George Lynch, who I kind of put in that same category, like Warren, he's he's just kind of absent. You know, they did that Rat reunion with him a few years back, and that didn't that was kind of ill fated. But it's like he seems to me like he he could s- still be out there. Like some people say, George Lynch goes overboard because he's got fifty projects going on at once. You know, but I, I would love to see Warren doing some. Some projects with some different guys, mix it up, you know, do it. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's
2: doing stuff too.
3: Yeah. Oh, here we go. Hey, we got Rob, Rob Dukes checking in, Rob, ladies and gentlemen. You? Rob Dukes from uh, Generation Kill, of course, Exodus, smoking <laughs> a cigar. <laughs> Rob, can you hear us all right?
4: Rob, can you hear us?
3: Can you hear us, Rob? Rob, oh, he's, he's connecting, connecting his audio. audio. Okay, that'll help. All right. Audio Hello, it says it said audio's connected. Can you hear us, Rob? Yes, I can.
4: <laughs> how are you, man? Rob, how yeah. are you, man? How's I'm it going? Good.
0: What's up? What's up?
4: Thanks fellas? for coming
0: on, Rob. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Rob
3: is outside. Rob, how are you feeling, man? Because the last time I today? spoke with you, you said you know you were you were recovering. You were about ninety percent. Uh you feeling a hundred percent now?
4: Oh
0: yeah i'm i' I'm, I'm all better man yeah uh, i uh yeah i guess uh yeah i'd have to say that i'm all better man
4: uh,
0: i i went to uh the diet to get and, uh, you know uh besides uh um i have uh, i have high blood pressure right so i'm working on getting that down so other than that man i'm all good man so yeah. Well, Anyway. So,
2: so Rob, for the for the listeners that might not know, what we're talking about is that you went to see Overkill out in Phoenix, I believe, and
4: somehow ended up getting the COVID. Yeah, yeah, I did.
0: So, uh, Overkill I was hanging out with Bobby, and, uh, uh, and beforehand, and then uh, I was out in the crowd. But first, I was watching from like the side in the like guitar area, and then I went out into the crowd and was kind of just standing out there watching and then the full, full, full you know what I mean and then uh night and uh Wednesday, I started off feeling good. Wednesday I didn't feel good, and then Thursday, I actually left work early, um, like halfway through the day, and just like went home and was like, "Fuck man, I feel like I got the flu." Now, this was March 3rd, so there wasn't really – there was talk about it, but it wasn't like the, the way it's overtaken the news now. And then, uh, yeah, and then I was sick for like two weeks, man. I got uh, quarantined for by the doctor for two weeks and uh, put on some meds. I ended up in the hospital at one point um, getting Buterol put in my lungs because I had a really bad lung infection, and I was like – I was coughing so much that I, I started coughing up blood because there was nothing to cough up. It was like a dry, hacky, shitty cough. Wow. And then, um, yeah, so, but fuck, man. Can we talk about anything other than that?
3: Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, man. The way. So for, for people who, uh, don't know, Rob, you were with Exodus for how many years? 12? Just a 10, 10 to uh, ten years, almost 10, a full decade, yeah, like a little years. less than yeah. And and I definitely want to talk to you about about your time with Exodus. But right now, you always have a lot of cool stuff going on. And right now, you got some Generation Kill stuff in the oven, right? There is going to be a new record. Zeus is going to be mixing yeah. and
0: producing. Uh, well, at this point, he's mixing it for sure. Uh, it's actually. Because everybody is kind of spread out, we're not sure to, like what we're gonna do about that. Uh, I didn't really uh, ask him to do that. I just asked him to mix it at this point. Um, okay, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Because it's not like we can get in a room all together and make an album. So what we did was we had a bunch of songs. We actually had a bunch of songs, and then we we kind of abandoned those and started over and wrote a bunch of new songs, and then just kind of it kept the ball rolling. We, we got sidetracked a little bit with uh you know, with, uh, just some family stuff that went on and some other personal stuff that went on. So we, uh, but we persevered, we pushed on and now we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, I got six songs done. I've been doing them over at, uh, uh, Mike Gilbert from Fox and the Jetson lives like two minutes from me and he's got a really cool setup in his house. And, um, so the, I, I did all the pre-production with, uh, my buddy Craig Safola when I, and I was doing all the all the button pushing for myself and my, and my own. And it was just too, um, it just takes away from performing. It takes away from the, uh, you're doing when you have to like worry about I,
3: you're cutting in and out a little in, bit,
0: you know, I mean, so, uh, actually vocals, and so I've been flying them back and forth. Um, so I've been flying them back and forth and, um, you know, we're getting them done, man. We're getting the record done. It sounds fucking amazing. And it's like, we took, uh, we're all going to die. And we said, okay, we're going to up the game a little bit. So we did. All That's right. That's what we're doing. And there's a new bass player with you guys now? mm mm-hmm. uh, Guitar player, uh, his brother Max is playing bass for us now.
3: Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. And... Will there? I mean, obviously, no bands are are really doing live gigs at this point. But a year from now, or or six months from now, do you imagine doing some G G Kill shows?
0: Yeah. Well, we're supposed to do um, that Jersey Metal Fest in September. It was not June, but they relocated it to September. It's right there in Jersey it's by you guys. So okay. Um, oh, cool. We were. Getting, I forget. It's at, like some. Uh, it's either in Jersey City or newark i don't remember which wow that,
2: that'd be great yeah, so is it definitely gonna happen yeah. rob
0: yeah well they said it was gonna be they moved it to september i i forget the date um i shouldn't know that but i i i haven't been paying attention so he right. just said that oh you know but you'll see plenty of posts and all that and i you know i was gonna invite you guys i was actually gonna ask you guys to come fucking like uh, like announce bands and come hang out and do interviews with people and like you we'd know, love to you know get yeah, and then uh, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. It'd definitely do that and for I, sure. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Cool. That'd be great, right. and hopefully it happens. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know if uh like we don't know like exactly what's gonna happen. Uh Like you know, who knows what the fuck's gonna happen by September? But that's the plan. You know what, right. what I mean? So
2: cool. Right. Right. Mm. Now, Rob, you're originally from uh, this area, and and we uh, were lucky enough to jam with you. Um, at Dingbats in Clifton uh, when we did our streaming metal show and what made you decide to want to uh, leave the New York area?
0: Um, so I have another, pat. my other passion is, is uh, building cars and the, the problem with the cars that were, I was coming across on the East coast, uh, vintage, older cars, of course, um, they were just too rotted and rusty and just too much work. And I had come out here a few times. I liked the area. I liked the weather and um, the cars have no rust. So that's wow. what I followed to go do, you know? So I kind of was like, oh, I want to build cars when I'm not on the road. And then it just so happened that I ended up doing it full time. But um, I'm glad I made the move because I, I, you know, if I was in New York, I'd just be working on Honda Civics and shit. You know what I mean? I'd just be a regular mechanic. <laughs> yeah. but, here, uh, yeah. but here I work on a custom, I work at a custom, you know, VW shop. Called Doug's Bugs in Mesa, Arizona. And we are the premier shop in Arizona for for vintage air cooled Volkswagens. You know, we do everything from buses and bugs and off road stuff. We do some really high end off road cars and some really high end street cars and we do everything in house, man, from motors, trainees, paint, all of it. Man, we build I've restored, you know, in the last, you know, couple of years, I've restored five or six cars that are full frame off restorations like you know everything is 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 done and it's there they came out beautiful and they're awesome and i've been doing a corvette for myself i wanted a i found like a a c3 corvette it's like the stingray from the 70s it's a 70s it's a, a flat flat back window and i so i've been doing that for myself i you know rebuilt everything and i'm right now i'm getting it painted and 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 then I throw the interior in it, and then I start driving around. What year did they stop
3: making Sting Corvette Stingrays? In the seventies, right?
0: No, no, no. They they went from sixty eight to eighty two. Eighty two. That was the last year of of yeah. So eighty two. So they went away, and then they changed the design, and it became the C four, which was uh, a different car. Man, it was they're they're not really coveted. But then they changed and made the C five, and then they made the C six, which is really a, a really nice car. And that's probably my next purchase because, um, you know, having an LS in a in a car, an LS motor, it's it's uh, fuel injected. You can you can get like a thousand horsepower out of it, with, with, for really like a couple grand. Where three fifty, I had to dump a shit ton of money in it to get you know five hundred horsepower. So, right on.
2: Wow, so, I, I love anyway. I love Vets. Um, my uncle Jim has a sixty 65- five. Uh, convertible uh, that um, I, it's blue, it's like a light metallic blue. I can't remember what there's, uh, the, the, there was an actual name, specific name that I can't think of for that paint job. Right. But, uh, he had that, the car was just great. And my parents had what I would call a muscle car back in the day, and it was a 69 Chevelle Malibu. Not an SS, but it was still cool. Yeah.
3: Right on. So, Rob, you yeah. got the, the car stuff, you got the, the Generation Kill stuff, but you also uh, have Dukes. You put out, a, I guess it was, what, two years ago, some, some great solo material.
0: Any other solo material you're working on right now? Uh, I'm working on it, man. I got, like, a few more songs I got to do to just to release the album. I'm just going to give it away for free and just, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm just going to finish it up. You know, I, I uh I had some like personal stuff going on, so I had to like I stepped away from everything for a while. I started doing uh I started doing stand up comedy to kinda try to deal with the personal stuff going on in my life. And uh so I kinda stepped away from the music for a uh, you know, a few months and um and started doing stand up man. There's a bunch man, of clubs there, and uh so I just would go to uh clubs and just I would just do stand up and fucking talk about what was <laughs> talk about what was going on in my life. It was fucking crazy. It was, I, I just, uh, you know, I have a ton of of co- comedian friends, you know what I mean? I've, uh, you know, just a bunch of people and, and, uh, I got inspired by them and I got kind of forced into it by Bobby Kelly. So he kind of forced me to, you should do it. You should do it. So I was like, all right, cool. So here I am wow. doing it. Um, I haven't, I have been done it a couple of months cause everything's closed, but, uh, right. I've been writing stuff down, but anyway, so right now and kind of we, we got six songs completely done. we're working on two more. It's gonna be an eight song record, and then I have a couple more songs to do with the Duke stuff, and then uh, um you know, hope it kind of you know writes itself and then we're able to go out because I, I feel horrible for so many people i feel I feel horrible for the tech guys and the crew guys because you know I knew a lot of them how they lived and they weren't they weren't expecting this you know what i mean and it just right. it's heartbreaking to think about people that weren't ready for this or or people that were you know people that were trying to, to to recover maybe from something that was happening bad already before this and they were like on the cusp of fucking getting their shit together and then all of a sudden boom they're fucking thrown back in the in the fucking lion's den of fucking madness and you know so uh I've been reading a lot. of I watched the Mandalorian four times. Oh, you're up to four now! Wow. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I watched it four times. I, I love that Bill Burr was in it, and Michael, uh, and Brian Posehn was in it. Man, I was yeah, like, that's I right.
3: I yeah, like Brian Brian a lot of Pussain.
0: cool people. You know, yeah. so He's
3: great. With, with the with the comedy stuff, when 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 you started doing it, did you go back and study some of the great comics or did you just kind of go for it?
0: I, so like, you know, they they tell me, you know, like practice and write stuff down. And, uh, and uh, so I wouldn't, I didn't do any of that. I just kind of walked up. So I I had a whole plan of what I was going to say. I had this, I had this story that happened to me on tour. And I was going to, that was what I was going to do. I'm going to tell this story. It's like five minutes. I have five minutes on stage. And the guy that went ahead of me kind of threw me off because he said something funny. And then I, I, when I walked on stage, I commented on what he had talked about and it made everybody laugh because it was, it was kind of funny. And then, um, <laughs> and then I, it threw, I didn't tell my, I just ended up just telling, talking about my day and like what I was right. going through. And it just ended up, and it ended up being funny, you know I mean? So it's kind of therapy for you, it too. Totally. <laughs> it was total therapy, man. Yeah. It was total <laughs> fucking therapy.
3: And I mean, that's that's yeah, amazing, yeah. too, because you're going through some stuff that's some real shit, you know, but you're able to take it out in public, release it, and have people laugh at it. You know, I, I, I can see how that would be rewarding.
0: It actually, to be able to laugh at myself about it, like it was just, you know, you hold on. These 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 think are so important, and then uh you you something else bad happens, and then the other things you're like, oh, what was I whining about that for? Because this is right. way worse, you know. <laughs> so um that's kind of how it's kind of what happened, and and uh, you know, I mean, I've been I've, dude, I've been reading a lot. I've been I'm gonna read this. I read this book, man. It has blown my mind. uh I'm gonna suggest it to everyone watching. It's called. Uh, Charles Manson and the CIA and the secret history of the sixties by this guy, Tom wow. O'Neill. And it is by far, it is, it is the best book I've ever read. It is, it is, I've, I've, it, it is mind blowing how fucking crazy the sixties, the the starting in the fifties led up to, to this era in the sixties that was, uh, just filled with turmoil and, and and craziness and all the stuff that they know everybody, nobody talked about. And this guy investigated it and dug it up and he wrote a book about it. And it is absolutely fascinating. And I've been obsessed with all the books that he, he mentioned. I bought them all. So I have right. like six books right now that I'm I'm like, I'm in the second one and I can't wait to, like, you know, and I'm just, what's the I'm, name? I'm Tell us work. the name I'm, of the book again. It's called, uh, it's called Charles Manson and the CIA and the secret history of the of the sixties. Wow. Okay. It's by, by, it's by Tom O'Neill. Um, great book. Heard about it on Rogan's podcast and was just interested in what the guy said. And the next thing you know, man, I started reading the book and it's so much more in depth than, than the podcast was. And then I actually wrote the guy and told him what a fucking amazing book was. And he, he wrote me back it was like, yeah, I made my day, man. I fucking, you know. So anyway, man, it's just, uh, I've been reading a lot. I've been, um, and, uh, you know, uh, just working a lot and just trying to, you know, stay home and not get sick and not to make anybody else sick and just, uh, but I have like this, there's this little, little, uh, outdoor patio place by my house Can go sit and nobody, and, and it's like a little, you know, just nobody fucking fucks with me and I don't fuck with anybody. And nobody sits near me. I'm kind of by myself. And and I come out here and hang out, smoke a cigar a couple times a week. And then I I go home. And, you know, so that's why my my life has become very simple.
2: Well, it looks looks relaxing and cool. Rob, being a a professional touring musician, what do you think? uh, What's your opinion on when concerts are going to start up again and if they're going to be different or if the industry has changed forever or what? What do you think? I'm on a podcast.
0: Oh. Yeah. Um, I th- think it'll be until next year. I don't think it's going to be uh, this year. And even next year, man, I mean, I don't know how. Until they get a vaccine, I mean, they can't really guarantee that. I mean, how could you go to a concert with 1,000 people even if you're wearing masks, like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't – you're just – it's too compact. But, you know, I'm a fucking idiot, so what the fuck <laughs> do I know, man? I mean, I'm the – I wouldn't want my friends to go. I wouldn't want people to be jammed in. I wouldn't want – God forbid that you go see – you ask people to come see your band, and then three people get sick and die. I mean, you – that I mean, that right. would be fucking – I mean, I don't want to live with that. You know what I mean? I'd rather just – Let's wait till there's a vaccine. I mean, and but look beyond just the simple, uh, you know, bands playing. I mean, the bigger bands will be okay. The bigger bands that had a had you know big ass bank accounts and they have backing, they're they're going to be fine. But a lot of the smaller bands are really going to suffer because you know, even being a musician and and working a, a full time job is really. I mean, look, I'm not trying to make excuses, but there was something to be said for when I, when I was in Exodus, I only did Exodus. I focused on that constantly. I, I, I perfected my craft. I got better and better. I joined other projects to kind of keep my, my, uh, my, my, keep it up when I was, you know, when I was going through a little had a month off or whatever, I'd find some, that's how generation kill started. I had like a two month layover in New York together with some friends and say, Hey man, let's fucking jam. And I jammed with you guys and I jammed with plenty of people. I, I would just play music with people just to keep it rolling. But you know, during that time, my, I, I think I, in 10 years, I, I did the, the 10,000 hours, the, the the crafting of my, of, of what I was doing. But now that I have a regular uh, that's, you know, 50 hours, you know, uh, I, I come home at night and I, I shower, I eat, Uh, you know, I, I, I take care of my pets and then, uh, and then, you know, then I'm supposed to sit and write, you know what I mean? And I can't like force inspiration. It doesn't really just happen that way. You guys, you you guys are both players, you know, but sometimes, man, you will be, you know, a a lot of my best work used to come at two, three in the morning when I'd be up and I'd, I'd wind down and everything would shut off and, uh. You know, my, uh, my 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 ex-wife would go to bed, and I would just have the house to myself, and I put on headphones, and I and then I would start creating, and I would start, and it would go till you know sometimes six, seven in the morning, and then I'd go to bed and sleep out, wait till noon, and then go. meet, you know, I mean, it was just a different lifestyle, and for right. the younger bands that have to go and do, they're gonna have to go find jobs now to 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 uh, to feed themselves and to house themselves and to but in the, you know when you when you got a ton of stress on you to to do that man it really fucking is it's got to be difficult to i find it difficult to to, it drains your creativity right right for sure absolutely man you know and that's why it's like a starving artist there's something to that you know what i mean there's something to when you're starving or when you're hungry that you 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 work so fucking hard at it because you're not doing anything else you're not thinking about fucking payroll or whatever the fuck you do for work. You know what I mean? Or you just, you're focused right. on that. So, so Rob, well, he froze. I remember my friend oh, asked okay. me really fucking good. And he, and he, yeah. Are oh, you froze he, up for me. real quick. Oh, go ahead. Uh, my, go friend was, my friend was a, my, my friend was a painter and he said to me, he said, Hey man, do you think I should go to school to like be a teacher for painting? And I go, dude, the moment you do that, you are no longer a working painter artist. You're just, now you're a teacher. And he called me like 10 years later and he went, dude, you're right. I should have never fucking got a teaching degree. I'm <laughs> like, ah, I told you, man.
3: Hey, Rob, I wanted to ask you, you know, when you- But he's never lived in his car. Wow, there... <laughs> right. right. <laughs> when, when, you, when you were with Exodus, you obviously, there was many big festivals with, with super famous bands and, and you mingled with- with a lot of real high-profile uh, people, who did you meet that really like sh- kind of shook you? Like, I can't believe I just met fill-in-the-blank. Was there anybody that really took you aback as far as their level of, let's say, greatness or your admiration for them? Mike Patton. Mike Patton, all right. Go up for Faye
0: power. Mike, Mike Patton was... He, he... He was, uh, he was awesome, man. I mean, he was, he was super nice to me. You know what I mean? He, he uh, you know, we got introduced, uh, by a mutual friend and, um, and, uh, it was funny. It was Danny DeVito was staying there too. It was kind of cool. And I, I, I met Danny DeVito and then, so we were all talking and, and it was just, uh, it was cool, man. We were talking about stuff and then, um, so that he was cool. And I, I have a, a quick story. I actually thought about it today because I heard Rocky Mountain Way today. I met Joe Walsh once in California, and I was uh, drinking coffee, and I, I met Joe Walsh. And we talked for an hour outside this little coffee shop and never mentioned the Eagles or James Gang or anything once. We were just talking about life itself and a and life after quitting drinking. That's kind of what we were talking wow. about. And music uh, never came. Out. I I didn't tell him what band I was in, and he didn't mention it, and I didn't mention, "Hey man, like you're." Yeah. I didn't mention, "Hey dude, I went and saw you one time, open for Richard Marks, man. It was you were awesome, like because I loved I loved right. Joe Walsh's guitar playing, always have. Anyway, um, and we sat and we talked. I never I never mentioned music, and so he was he was special, man. He was a cool guy. Um, that's great. There's wow. been others, man. Yeah, Peter Tagrin from uh, Hypocrisy and the band Pain. Um, what a beautiful human being. I mean, crazier than fuck, but he is just, he was so fucking cool to me. And like, just watching him the way he, you know, uh, sang. And I remember telling him, I remember I go, dude, I can't remember lyrics. I fuck them up all the time. He goes, so is everybody. Don't worry about it. You'll be all right. <laughs> and it took <laughs> right. the pressure off. It took the pressure off for of me because it was my biggest hang up is that I just, for some reason, I, I just couldn't retain lyrics unless I did them every day over and over and over again and then uh, and then sometimes I would I'd fuck up live of course and then um, and he goes man everybody fucking goes man it's just no yeah, big cool. no worries man fuck it you know what I mean so yeah yeah
4: now uh, uh,
2: uh, Rob what kind have- of a situation uh, were you in where you've got Rob Dukes of Exodus Danny DeVito the actor and Mike Patton of Faith More? just to go back to that real quick what situation was that oh uh, okay so uh
0: i went to uh i went to uh Coachella and i uh and, and i was watching um phantomas so mike was playing with phantomas and uh lombardo was playing drums and uh buzz was there and uh and the chris from uh um from uh from jane's addiction was playing bass and and mike and we all kind of were backstage because i i had a, a full vip so i was backstage and um and we were just we hung out actually you know who was there too it was uh the singer from uh the prodigy uh, I can't remember oh his wow. name. the guy uh, who died uh, like pro- right yeah yeah uh keith and keith, so we, right. were, we were all kind of hanging out yeah so and and so then me actually so after that me and keith uh we we hung out we watched phantom house and then me and keith went and watched um this guy DJ DJ Z trip and he was and it was him and then and then we watched Cut Chemist and we watched uh, DJ Shadow. Like we were we went from the, the the this rock tent to the DJ booth and I I was it was all kind of new to me, but I, I've been a fan ever since man. I have every one of their records. I buy DJ shit all the time. These guys were, were unfucking believable, man. It was fucking great. So that was my uh that was that weekend. That's how that transpired. <sighs>
4: That's cool. Very cool.
3: Cool. So I know you're, you know, you're friendly with, with Gary Holt and the Exodus guys. Do you ever envision that you could maybe work with, with Gary or any of those guys outside of Exodus doing some other <coughs> music? Is that ever a possibility?
0: Well, actually, Gary, Gary did a solo on the first uh, Generation Kill single that's coming out uh, next month. Wow. wow! So we're releasing uh, in June, and uh, Gary Gary did the solo. So we're probably gonna have like a, a uh, like a lyric style video kind of thing. Probably but not much of us. We just we, I have an idea for what we're gonna do with it, and uh, this song is fucking awesome, dude. It's wow. like I sent <laughs> it to him. I said, "Hey, man, will you do will you do a solo?" For? And he's like, yeah hey, well, you know, this is like a year and a half ago," and he was like, "Ah." And then I was like, "Well, listen to the fuck song," and then fucking tell me. So then I said to him, and he wrote back immediately. Goes, "Fuck yeah, I'll do it." (laughs) So the song (laughs) is fucking very fucking cool and very fucking very fucking heavy. So um, yeah. So um, so that's that's that. Uh, Lee's gonna play on it. I got uh, Rick Hunaul gonna play some shit. Um, You know. So you know, I got uh, I did some stuff with Jack and and Tom with uh, my buddy Craig Safola. Um, with the, his band called New Messiah, we did just a couple of cover songs and stuff, just to kind of keep things going and flowing and stuff. I, I actually, it wasn't really in the in the frame uh, mind frame to write new music at the
4: time.
0: Uh, so I did a, some cover song. Uh, I did a um, Petty song. I did a a uh, 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 Leonard Skinnerd song. I did a Turbo Lover by Judas Priest. because nice. really everyone was like shitting on that song for fucking ever, and I'm like, you know what? that song's fucking great. Fuck you guys. So I went and I fucking did it. Cool. It's
2: awesome. I just was realizing that, uh, that you've been on Talking Metal so many times as, uh, you, we did the Talking Metal jam with Exodus. Then we did another jam uh, later so on. Blind. And then we did the thingy thing bats. So Rob, you've been, and then you've been a guest on, I remember the first time we met, I think it was at the circus bar in uh the hell's kitchen area remember that mark yeah i do yeah yeah Yeah. 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 we talked about star wars for like four hours man yeah
4: Yeah. (laughs) i love that that. yeah i I remember in that
3: interview that that you did with us at the circus bar i mean you really got your start in in kind of the music business as you were it's funny because now you're working on cars but you were working on guitars right
0: yeah yeah i was like a guitar tech and i fixed up and I was always always tinkering with something. I mean, I kind of always had the knack for that. But um, that was but who were you I, teching with? Were you out on the road with bands as like a as a tech? Yeah, yeah. I did a I did a bunch of tours. Man, I was you know I, a lot of just because I lived in LA, um, I had access to like four different clubs. So you could actually work multiple clubs in a single night for like 150 bucks. So I could make like 400 bucks in a night and like four or five nights a week. And that's what I was doing. I was working at, um, the key club at the L Ray and, uh, and a couple other clubs. And then I would like, so I'd lo- unload bands there and then drive over to the other one unload bands there. And this kind of made it a, we, I worked with the same group group of people and we were all kind of, we we had, we had worked, uh, a couple of festivals together and we did a a warp tour and stuff like that. So it was, it was like, no, back then, man, it was, you know, the early two thousands, it was, it was a good way to make money. I mean, I was living in LA. I had a really awesome apartment and I was making, you know, I was making fucking killer money and just fucking hanging out on, just checking for all sorts of different people. And, uh, and then, and then I went on tour with Satiricon. I went on tour with, uh, with, uh, uh, buck terry and then i did and then i i got the exodus gig because somebody got fired on the first night um and uh somebody called me and said hey man exodus and need a tech right now uh, where are you and i was like i'm just finishing up a, a gig i can go home and grab some clothes and you're like all right you know okay cool you got grab your passport because you're going to canada i was like all right and I fucking wow. went and did that and, and jumped on the tour. And then at the end of the tour, they offered me the gig. You know what I mean? Offered me, they offered me a, 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 a not the gig, they offered me a um, a tryout. So right. I did that and then I, I ended up getting the gig. So yeah. But at the whole time, I never stopped tinkering with shit, man. I always fixed stuff, I always worked on, I always had cars in my house. I was always working on Volkswagens or dune buggies. I got, picture of me man dave lombardo came to my house we did um you guys remember that band film that he did yeah Yeah, he did this band film. so the night the day we i went to the big four in in new york right picked up dave the next morning in my car drove him to my house and we went and did four shows with film generation kill and film we played four shows together wow dave came to my house and and i pulled him in, in the driveway i was like dude I built this fucking street dune buggy. It's, it's a, it's a it's a two game Volkswagen powered street car that's totally legal on the streets in New York. But I was like, dude, you gotta come take a ride in it. And I have pictures of of him strapping himself in and I take him for drive in this fucking car. He was scared out of his fucking mind, dude. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> wow. So much fun. Anyway, I was always you know, I, I always did like real you know. Always, I, I, I do real long motorcycle trips. I've ridden across this this country eight times. I never went the same way. Um, right now, I have a, a long during I have a long distance touring motorcycle makes it a lot more comfortable. I used to do it on a sport bike, uh, but uh, you know, I, I I do long trips by myself. I, my trip this year was to Pikes Peak, uh, um, but it got delayed. So um, I'm gonna head out there in, in July um, for just a couple of days. Just do go ride up Pikes Peak. And then um, you know, man, life's weird, man. I, I you know, I just I do what makes me happy, you know what I mean? Right now it's it's uh right now it's about not getting sick or not getting at well sick and and uh uh trying to be a better being. So right. You
3: know. And of course I got it. before we let you go, I gotta ask you one Star Wars question. We've heard that there's gonna be another movie, right? Did you you heard that?
0: I was hoping they were doing Uh, they would do the rise of Darth Vader, like how he... I would like to see the moment that the Emperor finds him in the lava and then takes him. Because if you ever read the book? Read the book? The book's fucking amazing. So he picks him up and he brings him into uh, this chamber and he gives him metal legs and metal arm and a breathing apparatus together. But he can't fight or anything because he's all metal. So you remember how he was like a tinkerer when he was a kid, right? So he starts redesigning his own body to fight better so he can learn how to, and he, and he uses the force. And he, You're freezing up, man. Um, and at one point in his better good
3: oh there you are yeah yeah. we lost you for a little bit but we heard you say that he was uh using the force to rebuild
0: his his own body right okay right (laughs) so then he gets inside this chamber and for a moment he doubts he goes you know i'm i'm in fucking pain here and i'm learning and he and he reaches out to the force and he goes he goes Maybe I fucked up. Maybe I shouldn't have killed all those kids. And the dark side just squeezes his fucking heart and he's like having a heart attack and he can't breathe. And he goes, forget it, forget it. I'm sorry. I'm glad I killed right. all the kids. And then he kind of <laughs> just did it. It's fucking amazing. And I wish they would
3: make that into a movie.
0: I'm like, oh, that'd be so fucking cool. I have to say when Yeah, watching I would like this the
3: Alright, Rob, you keep freezing up, man. <laughs> there you Rob, Rob, you're frozen.
2: I hear him. He's, he's in there. Was, I think, I think it's the really force. Space time we're
3: starring the- Yeah, I think the force oh, really. is frozen you, Rob. Frozen. We're, we're... Don't yeah. talk uh, badly
2: uh, about dark Vader. <laughs> 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 yeah. fucking, I am late. I do fucking
0: fucking Disney. <laughs>
2: hey it was here
0: Emily. yeah fucking yeah, <laughs> it's the disney 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 doesn't want me talking about this disney was yeah, the they're, they're they don't awesome. want anybody I'm to fucking, hear that idea awesome. right
3: very good well rob it's always great talking with you man and uh we're we're glad you're doing well and uh yeah please keep us posted uh, i'm very excited to hear the the new generation kill Single, actually, you played it for me. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but you sent me a, a raw, a, a raw version of it a while back. But I'm excited for the rest a, of it. A, a
0: while back, yeah, yeah, I'm well, sure it's it's actually better now because I, I I redid the vocals and I and I and I and Zeus is mixing it, so it's gonna sound fucking sonically like insane. So cool. Anyway, that, yeah, that, that, anyway. I
3: think that's breaking news that Gary Holt will be playing on it, right? That hasn't been, it's not out there yet, right?
0: I don't know. Maybe I. I don't remember if I said it to anybody, but um, if it didn't, I, well, I didn't, I hope I didn't. And you guys got it first. That's all. All right. Thank you.
4: Thank you very <laughs> yeah, much, man. Rob. That's that's so, awesome. And yeah. Rob,
2: uh, we appreciate you coming on. You're welcome to come on Talking any anytime you want. Uh, we love you. And uh, what? what
0: uh, one more. Go ahead. one more thing. One more quick thing. Yeah. Josh, man. Do you remember me? Running into me in the middle of the fucking New York City at one o'clock in the morning, randomly, I, me and Joe ran into each other. I was walking I down absolutely- the street and we were just, and then oh, we, I forgot. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, fuck, there you go. Yeah, in yep. the middle of Manhattan, of all those fucking people, as big as that place is, walking down the street, John standing right in front of me. Hey, man, what's up? And then... <laughs> <laughs>
2: I completely remember that. And that's how, I swear that's to all. God, stuff like that happens to me. I, I think we're drawn together. We're, we're drawn together. Mm-hmm. Metal is drawing us together.
3: <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right, Rob. We'll enjoy your cigar there. Stay safe, man, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to travel again. Next
0: time you're in New York, we got to hang it's for sure. Awesome, you know. And Rob, if, if the shows in yeah, September happen, if I uh, want, you'll hear about it, man. I'll 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 talk with Mark. I'll post it, and you'll you guys yeah. will know about all that. So absolutely,
2: would awesome. love to introduce you guys and come and hang out and do interviews and be awesome.
0: Fucking A man, right on dude. So
2: cool. love you Thanks, guys, Rob. man. You guys right.
0: be good. take it easy, brother. Thanks, bud. See you later. Bye. All right. Take care, man. Take care. Bye. Bye, All Emily. Right.
1: Bye. Take care, my heart. Bye, Emily. <laughs> 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 cool.
3: All right. So yeah, another yeah. double header here with two interviews. Um uh, a little, little bit of right. uh uh connectivity issues there with Rob, but I, I think it was it was yeah, it was still cool.
2: Yeah. I think it was great. Yeah, it was fine. It, luckily it um seemed to, you know, correct itself a little bit. Let me see if I can get us back to where it's just us two and so that All I
3: don't right. I have to go to the bathroom, up. so I'm going to let Emily take over for a okay, bit. Okay,
2: Emily is going to take over. Make okay,
1: make very make cool. Me a yummy drink. Yeah, sure. Make me something yummy. Hi. Oh, am I my hey,
4: yoga
1: It's glamour. It's glamour here. In Streegleand. I just hey. unclogged. I just uh, unclogged the toilet. My <laughs> my my boys like <laughs> threw like ten thousand like wipes into the toilet and thought they would flush it. That was fun. So the, the, the days of rock and roll glamour are over for uh, me.
2: Well, Emily, how are you? Uh, I am happy that. Uh, You were taking the time to hang out. You always have stuff going on. Like uh, the the last Friday, I think you had your own Zoom thing going on on another computer in a different room.
1: That was two Fridays ago. Last Friday, I was doing my roots for the first time. Uh I did my hair, and so I was upstairs. I was upstairs, like bleaching my hair.
2: I just dyed mine black today. So, you know, a lot of people don't want to try to dye their own hair. With this, is really easy. You just put black dye all over. And I'm, I'm well, happy to hear that you do, do it yourself, too. You don't need I, to go to a salon.
1: No, but I never had. This was my first time, so I was really nervous. And I actually woke up um, on Saturday morning, last Saturday, and I, I mixed up a new batch of Of the bleach solution, and I had Mark touch up all the areas that I missed.
2: I I read that. I saw the, like, you got a post about Mark touching up. I forgot to tell you about
1: (laughs) it. It was great. And he actually enjoyed it, I think. He was like, I'm kind of good at this, you know? So it was
2: was fun. I'm an expert. If you ever, uh, you know, if we're ever quarantined together, I can help in the future. Are
1: you really? I'm a hair expert.
2: Are you seriously? I'm a hair dyeing expert. I, I know how to. I know how to mix. I've got the tools and stuff. You
1: know. Are you serious? I'm totally uh, I'm gonna call it. Sometimes you. Sometimes I, time.
2: you know, usually I just buy like the standard, you know, off the shelf stuff at the grocery store, but um, or at like the, the pharmacy. But if I really want to, I can go to the the hair places and get different mixes. And you get like a little bowl and you mix them up and. So I'm a, I'm a expert at that. You know. expert. Too bad I, I used to have. Remember, I used to have that uh, you know white lion style haircut. Now I've just got this. Yeah. Yeah. At least I got some hair on the head. You know, it's not that great, but uh, at least there's some there.
1: You got some hair, <laughs> dude. I love your hair. It, look at this.
2: It's it's uh, it's long now. It's actually. I I, I need a haircut, like. like you can't
1: see it with
4: this black shirt. But
1: no, it looks good. I think your cut crazy. looks good. I I remember the pictures from Berkeley. I cut it myself. <laughs> the, pi- the pictures when you were at Berkeley.
2: Oh, yeah. That's my best haircut. I wish I had that old hair. That was my favorite hair.
1: And your hair was like badly. frosted. It was like frosted. Like it was totally
2: light. frosted. My hair was blonde. It was <laughs> light brown with frosted, like your are blonde. Like, uh, <laughs> that was my... I wish I still had hair
1: like
2: that. But. Sadly, you know, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to mention the age, but everybody knows what age group we're in. I was born in 1969, um, so hey, you know, you can't always, you know, I've, I'm coming to grips with that. I need psychological counseling because I still think of myself as that Berkeley hair, like that, that, you know, slender yeah. white lion. Well, actually, when I went to Berkeley at first, it was more like a Bon Jovi, and then it, yeah. it, um, actually, it was like a Dave Men and then it became a Bon Jovi, <laughs> and then it, uh, that's the Dave Manichetti, he's in uh, y and then it became a Bon Jovi, then it, uh, then I was going for the Elias Elias uh, slaughter look, and
1: oh, I I, it was never
2: that cool, but it was, my graduation from Berkeley pictures, it was,
1: his hair was long, though, Blossy's Yeah, yeah he hair was really long, yeah. Yeah,
2: he was the coolest in my. Opinion.
1: Did you? Was your hair permed or was that natural? Permed, yeah, permed. Mark had a
2: perm. Yeah, well, I, had a perm.
1: I don't was think that? Mark had a Mark. I don't think Mark. I don't know if he had a perm. No, at, I,
2: I perm. believe Mark may have had a perm. It, 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 it,
1: I know he did in high now. school. I know I did, I know he did in like high school.
2: Oh. Okay. Um,
1: and it wasn't necessarily a good perm either.
2: <laughs> we got to ask Mark to dig out some perm photos, but Mark, Mark has the best hair. He's always worried about like, you know, his hair, but he's never yeah. going to lose his hair. He's got great hair. He's got um, good hair. When, when you can grow bangs as long as he does, this is called, yeah. This is the hair segment I'm talking about. He <laughs> bangs as long as he can. Sorry. That is that's a like the key yeah. to success because all the people on the Hair Club for men's site like wishes they could grow, yeah. grow bangs. You know, I know, can't. right? You know, no, he did. At least have some bangs so that that's. Uh, I mean, then I don't know what you're calling them, but or they would be called. Don't Bang, right? Bangs,
1: right? They, can you, can
2: what you see thinking? what
1: that says? It says cheers. Is that handwritten on there? No. Oh. It's, 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 cheers! Cheers! Cheer. Cheer. I'm, I'm classy. Our, uh, I'm classy. I drink out of plastic cups.
2: Yeah, but did you? Is that so? Did that plastic come uh, cup come with the word "cheers" written on it?
1: It did. Oh. You know, we had. Did we have? Uh, what was the last party we had? What was it? Uh, oh, for fiftieth! Yeah, for Mark's fiftieth. I think yeah. I uh, I bought a bunch of these for the for. Do you want cool. your your chair
2: back? Was that the party oh. that? Uh, I th- yeah, that was the one where Mike Lincoln and Mount Vlajic was uh, having a, a, more of a, a good time than he normally does. Because Mike usually doesn't drink that much, and he was—he was. Oh he was uh, no, you. Like you that.
1: Th- oh, that was two. Yeah, that ago. was a
3: while ago. This—this this is a recent one. Yeah, you guys were oh. too, out in California.
2: Oh, heck, right. We were on tour, so we missed that party. Sorry.
1: Yeah, so I think you're thinking of the party where the morning after I opened our dishwasher and there was a giant divot of grass in our dishwasher. How did that happen? Exactly. It was a good party. That was was
2: great. Speaking of that,
1: I remember uh, Hollywood,
2: uh, formerly uh, Shermie Sheldon was there. Right, Mark? Yep, yep, definitely. So, guys, for for Facebook people who do not know, who do not, you know what? I made fun of a few people on television who had, uh, you know, not to their face, but who had uh, mishaps with technical stuff and not saying the right thing. And, And guess what? I am paying for that tonight because many times tonight I've not been able to say what I wanted to say. And we've had technical problems. So guess what? I'm well, going a taste of my own medicine. What, what were the technical problems? You mean just with Dukes? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I guess that's the only technical problem. So I think we did pretty good with the technical stuff tonight. I just don't think I uh, it was as eloquent as I could have been. And it has nothing to do with drinking. I think the problem is that I haven't been drinking enough. i think i I need to have more i'm i'm not as good when i'm perfectly straight. And I am mean, I'm kidding around.
1: Here. Now, there's something to be said for that. It's a little more laid back, right? Right. But certainly when you have, it's hard to get a rhythm going when you are having technical difficulties. And when someone right. keeps on freezing and you keep on losing a word here or there, it's right.
2: difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we pulled off Rob's interview. Great though. I think we did a good job. Um, Mark, I, can, do we still have time for the brush with greatness segment? You wanna um, yeah. You, you want to sit down? Sure. <laughs> Sure. Well, Emily, you don't have to leave. You can, you can both sit down. Pull up a chair. Oh, Emily. Oh. I did want to... I, I don't know if we have... Emily, uh, I don't want you to leave. I want you
1: to right. bring it. seat oh in there Oh, my God. Look stay. at me in my yoga pants. That
3: yeah, nice Dio
2: shirt. I'm, I'm the, <laughs> near the anniversary of poor Ronnie James Let's Let's
3: quickly see if we can read some comments here, though. Uh, okay, that's a good idea. I just want to see...
1: You want me to help you? My I'm job?
3: trying to go to the actual stream. Yeah, I'm going because there's history. 190 comments. So uh let's just take a quick look. I love those little bastards, Bert Gabriel says. I don't know, a metal Darth Vader, <laughs> Shauna Jones. Um, looking if there's any actual questions. Now it won't let me scroll back through the comments. Really? Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, you know what? I think that's a Facebook Live thing.
3: Yeah. So I guess we don't really have any.
2: But here's the thing. I haven't updated
4: mine in a while, so maybe I can look at old comments. Uh, um, let's see here. I'm gonna get my phone. Oh, we got two hundred and two comments. That's a lot. Yeah,
3: let me, definitely. Let me
2: say uh, a special. Thanks but yeah, to I can do. Uh,
3: yeah, brush with greatness. Sure. We, we want to.
2: Okay, I want to. Right now, I, I pressed the oh, button and comments? showing me some of the people who commented. Right before we get into that, I just want to um, give a shout out to Shauna Jones, who we know from uh, the uh, MTV library. Uh, Dave Arnold, who worked with us on Talking Metal, uh, of course Bert Gabriel, um, and the fuse David Show, Yeah, Craig, David Craig Ellis, who is one of the greatest musicians that I've met in New York. Uh, Johnny Z, Jerry Vic, Patty Balog, my aunt, uh, John Orolemma, Kevin Riley, Kyle Gunderson, and one ninety six more. So. Thanks to all of you guys for tuning in tonight.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And again, please subscribe to the Talking Metal podcast on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. And uh, also subscribe to our YouTube channel. A big thanks to all the other sites that support us, like Blabbermouth uh, randomly picked up our interview with uh, Eric Turner. I I didn't even send it to them. They they must subscribe to the YouTube page. So. So big thanks to everyone out there who supports us um,
2: and it's yeah. Weird you all right? Yeah, but I'm hearing like a strange thing. You know what? I got it. My mic wasn't on. I think when I got oh, up to do oh, yeah, something, I got to, yeah. I got to put oh, the better. mic on. Yeah,
3: much better. All oh, right. Sorry cool. about that, people. So we got, we got about like 10, 15 minutes left. Uh, what do
2: you want yeah, to do? So let's, okay, let's do the uh, brush with greatness segment. Um, so this time, uh, Mark, I am going to ask you to tell me about a brush, and I'm going to turn yeah. off. there's some yeah. other. And like I said to I you before
3: explain. the show, because I know uh, you could, if you pick any person, I will
2: try to relate it to. Uh, okay, a, a brush. I'm going to pick two people. Okay, okay. I'm going to yeah, pick go two. Go for it. Miscellaneous people that I swear to God now, see I have if nothing I can to do with
3: each other. A brush with greatness to them.
4: Yeah. By the way, this is uh, resin.
3: I'm, resin okay. uh, beer. Oh. Good six points good. very good, nine percent alcohol
2: so brush with greatness, I'm gonna throw out two different people one okay. is a musician and one is an actor, okay, 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 musician, Elton John, actor or actress drew Barrymore, so let's see if you have a story about either of those right. people or both yeah. um
3: i i yeah, I do so uh Drew Barrymore, I met her with, with my friend. His name was Tim Donnelly, and uh he now I remember is, Tim yeah he he actually now does some big concert down in Asbury Park every year, but he was wow. this kind of interesting guy. He worked at v h one with me, but he seemed to know everybody, like we'd go into you know, he was he was more like from the like alternative grunge world, like you know all that great '90s music. Like we would go, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, come with me and we'll hang out." And then he'd be like, "We well, pop into CBGBs." Is like, Mark, this is the guys from Social D, and they'd be hanging out. Or he'd be wow. like, uh, "He'd be like, oh yeah, Eddie Vedder just uh, called me, and uh, <laughs> you know, I got I just got a fax. Look at this fax I just got, and it's like a, a handwritten fax from like uh, you know." Perry Farrell, Um, (laughs) so he knew everyone, and he took me to this party. It was a closed party, invite only, at Don Hills. And one of my favorite Lollapalooza had been going on, so it was a Lollapalooza party for just the bands and the people working. So we got in, um, and Drew Barrymore had been uh, in New York City. Uh, at the time, and she had. you the Drew
1: Barrymore story yeah, again. Yeah, oh, per uh, John's request. <laughs>
4: um,
3: and and so um, she had been uh, on Letterman, and she did this crazy dance for Letterman, where she flashed Letterman. And then she had been in Page Six. They said she had been dancing at Billy's topless.
2: Oh, uh, not, hey. Uh, FYI, just what they call a sidebar. You remember Lanceto? Judge Uh, Lanceto? O.J. trial? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He he invented the word sidebar. This is a sidebar. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of those great, Roy's Baby, which was the band that Mark and I were in uh, a long time ago, um, some of those uh, songs were written after Mark and I uh, were at Billy's. Oh yeah. And there was one person at Billy's that really liked the that the song um Twisted Valiant. And I remember this was an employee of Billy's, if you know what I mean. And um she said, I like that through the ice and rain and snow. That lyric. Yeah.
3: I haven't so, listened to that song in a long time. I should probably That's a that great up.
2: song. Twisted Valiant, uh, Roy's Baby. Uh, yeah, no one knows what we're video. talking
3: about when we talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it's a of great song. It, one was these a put that was a band John and I there. had at one point. We recorded okay. some okay. stuff. So, anyways, so go back uh, to Drew Barry. Uh, yeah, so we're at Don Hills and, um, and uh, Drew Barry, the, the band Hole was there. Uh,
2: among Courtney Love.
3: Yeah, among all everyone like Dave Navarro and all these other people were there, uh, and uh, so that guy Tim Donley, who I was with, um, we were hanging out, and he started uh, a conversation with Drew Barrymore, who was there, and she was uh, dating the guy from Hole at the time. Um, and and it, when I, the other thing is when I came into Don Hills because I had like long hair a bunch of people came up to me and they thought I was the guy from, from Hole. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, not That's a great. bunch, but there were like two people who thought I was the guy from Hull, which I don't think I looked anything like him. I will have to look it up. But anyways, so then we started talking with Drew. He was talking with Drew Barrymore and, and I said uh, something to her. I said, Oh, well, I said you were in page six the other day. They said you were at Billy's, uh, uh topless. topless and and she was like, Oh yeah, I, I you know they 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 were reporting on that. And then I and I said, Oh, and then you gave Letterman quite a dance the other night or whatever. And she was like, oh yeah, and she said that. And then she then she um had a like a sweatery type of thing on and she just uh basically flashed us. Opened her and she had no bra and opened her, <laughs> her 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 thing and she smiled and then she walked away. That, that's the extent of wow. the story. That's a great yeah. story. Wow, you yeah. very worried.
2: Yeah. Tying into the Charlie's Angels, wasn't she in Charlie's Angels? Uh, one? Yes. Yeah. That was years. She that would have been years. All after in that. together.
3: Yeah. That would have been in. years after that. I'm trying to think if I have any Charlie's Angel stories. No, I have. I Suzanne Summers could have been a Charlie's Angel, but. Uh um, yeah. you gonna say something?
1: Yeah. I was gonna what was that topless bar that the three of us went to like together in New York City in Hell's Kitchen?
2: That uh, was pri- uh No oh.
1: Private Eyes?
3: Was it by was it by Port Authority or something? <laughs> I think yeah, I private
2: thought you'd that was, what was, private it was eyes. like a bikini it had bar.
1: Had it was small no, no, no. and it had tables.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, this was Private Eyes, which at the time we went, that was when there was a a legal uh thing going on where uh strip bars couldn't be in certain areas so they had to they had to completely change the vibe of private eyes to a completely different vibe we
1: were food. yes no yeah, after okay we went to an adult um convention. <laughs> Remember that? Right, right, oh, oh, no, right.
3: that was not privatized. That wasn't privatized? No, no we went, this is what that was. Evan Seinfeld of right Biohazard had invited us, and what was his wife at the time? Tara Patrick. Tara, Tara Patrick.
2: Patrick had
1: Jeez, invited us to
3: come.
2: Start. Dude,
1: an adult um convention oh that right. might have
2: been Gavin. rick's cabaret rick's cabaret yes rick's cabaret. Yeah, that was it. That yes. Was cabaret. What it was.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. yes and i remember yes. being i was at a table with you two and i think they had food and stuff i don't know yeah and then we were, we were getting up to leave and these guys at the table next to us tapped me on the shoulder and they're like come here for a second come here for a second are you with are you with those guys are you
4: right? <laughs> remember yeah. that? You remember yeah.
1: like,
2: Those two darks, like you, no, you're chicken. no. You're with but the- oh. I think
1: they thought I was a hooker, so I don't know what they thought. It was I was like...
2: Yeah, that, I remember that-, that. that. Yeah, no, you know what? The story I was thinking of, I think that was uh, Rob Fiorentino. That was uh, the Private Eyes. But um, well, well, and if I, I have a picture of you at the adult film convention.
3: Because do you remember a guy named Tyler Fire? Yes, he now, was Tyler like a, Fire a, a was ad- at member yeah, he was at the 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 convention and he lifted you up, and I have a picture of you <laughs> him holding you. Now Tyler Fire was a freak show guy who like breathed yeah, fire and ran Brooklyn. a freak show, and then we saw him at Ozfest because oh, yeah. Sharon had hired them to tour on Ozfest, and we went in there and I said hi to him, and then right at that moment. you think you were there too. Sharon came in. Sharon Osborne came in to the tent tent. and I actually somewhere have a picture of that too because I I somehow snapped a picture of of Sharon uh, and Tyler Fire and the the burlesque dancers or something. Did he do
1: stuff at Coney Island, Tyler? Yes. Yes. Tyler
2: Fire did stuff at Coney Island and here's the crazy thing. That adult Film convention was bringing it back to 2020 at the Jacob Javits Center where the COVID hospital was. Oh, OK. Right. Oh, right. man. So yeah. see that? We go. Okay. Oh, our, yeah. our dog's barking and our kids to, are trying to sleep. So I don't to, know. To uh, Jacob Javits and uh, COVID uh, beds. So that's what we did. Right. There Back you in the go. day. Okay, you didn't you didn't uh touch on the second question I had. The Elton uh, John
3: story, Elton John. uh, my brush with greatness on Elton John. Uh is re- real simple. I was working with RuPaul. Paul. This is in '96, I believe. It sounds right about right, ninety-six. And I basically um there was the, the VH1 Fashion Awards. Uh and I was working uh, the press tent, and Ru- RuPaul, basically what would happen is when the stars would walk down the, the red carpet, they would pull them into the press tent, and I would have to quickly, I don't even, I guess it would have been, a, I had notes on, on people who were gonna be there, and, and we didn't know who was gonna come in, so I'd have to quickly go to RuPaul and go in his ear and say, Okay, this band you're about to interview—they're called Garbage—and the singer is from Scotland, and the rest of the guys are from Wisconsin. And the the drummer produced the big Nirvana record and Smashing Pumpkins. And I'd have yeah. to end it, RuPaul would have no idea who he's talking to. And I remember he turned to the Garbage guys. He was like. Wisconsin cheeseheads, you know, like and, and like, like he had everything you could have talk to them about, and, and he was talking about the, that they were from Wisconsin, uh, and and so, anyways, there, it was just star after star after star coming into the the press tent, and um, it was it, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun that night, um, but I remember my other duty besides telling RuPaul what what was. Dog what was uh you know who who she was about to interview i had to um put microphones on people sometimes and there are the, those little lavaliers like this was like, yeah, this like kind yeah. of a microphone so the, basically the best place to post a, a you know pip, clip a lavalier is right on the collar so i i elton john came in to the president and i said uh uh I, he was waiting cuz it was basically uh, you know ru was interviewing somebody else before elton and i said i i said hey elton it's a, you know it's an honor to meet you and i was you know really starstruck by elton john i said elton i have to clip a mic on you i, I said so i am going to have to reach in your shirt a little bit and i went in with the <laughs> the clip mic and he he grabbed my hand like this and he said now he and and they're very gay way, he said... Be careful where you clip that mic, and he started laughing this sinister <laughs> laugh, like. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that meant. Like if I was wow. going to clip he it snippled. on his nipple or his something, nipples. but you know, um, but but Come on. but yeah, that 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 was my uh, brush with greatness with uh, Elton John. So
2: well, you had two great brush with. Greatness. Give me another. Yeah, any other names? Okay. Like, just but uh, not well, not a story I've told you. Give me any other. Just
4: uh, okay. any okay. random gonna, person. Uh,
2: okay, let me think of a random person um actor or musician either sports star
3: musician actor jay, politician. Leno. jay leno jay leno i met i have a picture of him which i've posted on facebook uh in san francisco at a private uh event i got to see jay leno do stand-up also probably in 96 come to think of it um and you know, he was already the host of the Tonight Show, but he did this private event, and he just he just killed it. You know, and he was. And you said he was, he
1: was dirty. He wasn't.
3: He wasn't dirty, but he was dirtier than he would have been on the Tonight Show. Um, and, oh, I uh,
2: see. Yeah, I he thought was, you meant dirty, like as in like not physically clean.
4: No, no like his, his, his
3: jokes were a little, yeah. a little, you know. <laughs> um. A li- a, yeah a little bit a little more so than he could have gone on on television and we got to meet him afterwards he was very cool got a picture with him um this is like pre-cell phone days you know 1996. uh extremely extremely funny guy and i i I'll, I'll admit i was always a letterman guy uh you know as far as the sh- who I'd watch at night but he his stand up I had new respect for him because he just brought the house down. he was so funny and he was so wow. personable and such a nice guy that uh, I really came to uh respect him and, and start to watch his show after that and uh wow what a what an amazing uh career he had you know Conan
2: yeah, no and du- Dave no doubt about it
1: or my favorite
3: yeah conan was great.
2: I like all those guys I actually like all all of the people that we're talking about. Uh, You know who I think was an amazing talent and and no one could dispute this, but I have a specific story. It wasn't uh, that up close and personal, but, um, Mark, you might even have been with me or this could have been the year before, but I was out in Vegas for VH1 Rock Honors and I was in the arena uh, during what, what was a sound check. And Robin Williams, who was uh i believe hosting that year okay just went up on stage they brought him up on stage and he just ad-libbed about like a 15 20 minute bit like completely ad-libbed and it was amazing just for the crew and and i'm so sorry that whatever was happening to him was uh, that bad that uh, it ended the way it did but uh Right, and that was something that this wasn't like something he planned, and you know where there's a script, and you kind of have like a little idea of what you're gonna do. This was just Robin Williams winging it, just for the heck of it, because he was standing up there waiting for them to get like do a sound check, and he was that cool. So uh, that was just something that I was lucky enough to to witness in my lifetime.
1: He was, he was one of my first crushes. Wow, Mark and Mindy.
2: Yep, Mark. I I, I love that show. Oh and you God. know what the coolest thing is? Is that in Mark and Mindy, I believe it was her father owned a music store. One ah I sort of remember that. that
3: yeah yeah and, and, and do you that's know like where
2: my favorite thing music
3: stores but so Mork Mork got his start on happy days do you remember that right right Yeah, Richie mm-hmm. Cunningham had like a, a,
1: I How I missed that
3: yeah R- Richie Cunningham had a s- space invader like a alien encounter <laughs> and it was Mork landed like <laughs> oh, in his God. that's amazing yard, right? yeah
4: that yeah. is so cool
1: but the well, greatest thing TV, about and Shirley, those were the shows
4: I and, love those and, shows. Uh, Virginia,
3: Shirley, uh, Chachi, Lo- Joni loves Chachi. I never watched
4: that. Yeah, I, I watched a couple watched episodes. That, ever. I
3: feel like there may have been one, one other. I, I'm not sure, but
1: uh, of like the pairs, like. Uh, of Mark the and spinoffs Mindy and Laverne and Shirley. And, oh, of the happy right. day spinoffs.
3: Yeah. I mean, I could, yeah. I
4: could I, and you know,
2: I really like, uh, uh, one thing, my friend Mitch Weissman, I believe was on Joni Love Shotsky, And I believe Vinnie Vincent wrote music for that show. I couldn't, that, that is, that is true. Yeah. I I, I seem true. to remember that. Yeah. And, um, what, Oh, uh, you know who I really like Lenny and Swiggy. They, they didn't have their oh, own yeah. show, yeah. but, uh, they were part of Laverne they and Shirley great. and of course, um michael mckeon um yeah uh, of course spinal tap and uh i had a you know this brushers greatness was supposed to be about mark but i i had a brush with um uh spinal tap a couple of different times and uh it was really great i i met uh michael mckeon lenny um <laughs> I in makeup it, you know in spinal tap character with the wig oh, and right. everything how cool was that? And I told them that I would because they they had a problem with all their drummers would passing away. That I said if they ever need a guy, they should call Astronomy and I would be the drummer. And I showed them a picture of me with uh, with one of those. Um, uh, it was a, a, a one of my female counterparts, uh, and uh, <laughs> they asked if uh, if she is was she, she have big be boobs.
4: She, she did. Of- she.
2: They they well, they all did so, so what did they, they say, home. John <laughs> you know, What's that what did they what did he say? He just asked if he goes- we'll, we'll consider you if it's a package deal, like if right. it's you and the girl, you right. get more chance of doing it, but if it's just right. you, it's not that good right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there you go,
3: cool, all right, guys, well, we're gonna start to wrap it up
2: here, and uh you know how are we doing you- on the show tonight Let's
3: see, uh yeah, first. we're dropping off with the viewers a little bit we, we, 21 people watching so not not a heck of that's a lot cool. but we we had like 60 at the beginning or something so oh, that's good that's yeah. pretty
1: good yeah well you Don't know some people watch it rewatch it later
2: yeah,
3: yeah. oh yeah it goes it out as a podcast and then also we
1: continue
2: to watch it on facebook uh, at a later time because it still appears in the different feeds and then we share it with a bunch of feeds right and um everybody who's been on will share it and, and do you want to end, end with a song for
3: the podcast version, John?
2: Yes. I'm trying to think if I forgot anything. Um, if I did, I'm going to be bummed out, but, uh, let's see, uh, if I have anything, I have notes now, people I have, uh, notes. Um, and, uh, I think I've gotten everything. Uh, yeah, we did, uh, we did the, uh, kiss mask. Thanks again, <laughs> Christina. COVID <laughs> I, I'm not making lighter COVID friends, um, and uh, anyone who's watching that may or may not be a friend. Uh, I'm friends with everybody, but you know who knows. Uh, but sometimes I make little jokes, and, and that was one COVID. But anyway, so I did the mask, I did the Beer Stein, I did the can of beer. Um, Want to make sure that everybody goes out and buys a Zoom? I mean, a dash vodka. I keep dash saying drive. Zoom because we're doing a Zoom. Uh, we should, Zoom and Dash. I, we're actually um, advertising for Zoom because it says Zoom on the bottom of the screen. But, but Dash right. Vodka verbs. is awesome.
1: They're both verbs that mean to move quickly.
2: Yes, Zoom and Dash. So you're right. You're correct. You guys, you. I, I still I, got... I think I'm going to have to send you that Zoom unless, unless we can get together at some point.
1: No, you gave I mean, Z- Dash, house. Dash. Time, I was... We were at your apartment... Right before COVID. Yeah, it was like the weekend before the weekend this happened. Before. Yeah. yeah. So, and I remember, I think you gave me a little taste of that Dash, and it was delicious.
2: It's amazing. Yes. And um,
3: it's, it's really some of the, I, you t- I tasted it too, and it's some of the best vodka you can get for sure. Thank
2: you, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's awesome. It's awesome. And thanks to Hank and Rennie Reeves of Texas and uh, the whole gang at the Dash compound. <laughs> so it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So who who do we want to get for next week? Because we have nobody. So, to... yeah, we, 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 um, I, I have some ideas. So
3: we need, we need to, I want to get somebody big. I want to get somebody like real big. I'm trying to think. I like the kid. He was good with the first. Jason was, was Jason, great. Our, Jason was so our, good. What's his name? Heartless. Jason Heartless. Heartless.
2: He's. You got to go watch those YouTube videos uh, or the Facebook videos that I'm telling you about where he's playing. Um, he is just insane. Uh, right. Watch the one that's the, from the Toto. It's like a, they do a cover song of uh, this guy named David Page. He's the keyboard player for Toto. He must have had some kind of fusion side project. And it, the song is called E Minor Shuffle. Um, okay. That is just insane. I mean, these musicians are like great, but it's rocking. It's ro- It's jazzy, fusion-y, but it's rocking and it's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we should reach out to some of the great guests that we've had on the podcast. Like, uh, of course, Rob Halford of Judas Priest. You guys, did you hear the music, Mark, today? Yes.
4: Yeah. It okay,
2: good. I, I finally did it right. So that theme song, of course, was Rob Halford of Judas Priest on vocals, metal Mike on guitar. I believe Roy Z was on that. Yeah. And uh, I, so I think we should reach out to Rob Halford of Judas Priest and see if he would uh, uh, want to come on and give us an update on how he's doing. So that's that's my vote. Could happen. You guess. never know. You never know.
1: He has been yeah. he has a good sense of humor, man. He's been doing some fun
2: yeah. posts. I bet he'd come on. <laughs> I mean, right. we, we hung, Rob Halford came to um, – Our radio show uh, when we did it at uh, on Thirty Seventh Street and Broadway, and believe it or not, I I mean we had so many stories. You met with Rob Helford at a hotel once uh, during a TV taping. Um, I actually met with Rob Helford at the Astro Diner on. Yeah, we were there too. Emily, I'm. Oh, yeah. you guys were with that? Yeah, we oh. yeah, were. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause we got a photo of us. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. So stupid.
1: Well, did like, we get pictures together? Because I have a picture. I think with you have, yeah,
3: yours is separate.
2: Yes, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. We we have, I have a pic. That picture mark is on the wall, my wall. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, and He uh, um,
1: yeah, ate so, like, pie. We he had pie. What's that? He, had, he had pie.
2: He oh I don't remember what people had. The had pie. I sat next
1: to him and I was so impressed because I love pie. And he had like apple pie or cherry pie. So it, it must
2: have been a booth with me and Mark on one side and you and Rob Halford and Jewish priest on the yeah, other side. How sounds crazy great. is that? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. You know who we I know we're trying to wrap this up, guys, but uh, you know, I'm having a fun time. Uh you know who else we had dinner with, Mark? Um down right across the street from the World Trade Center, we had a dinner with um, Brian Head Welsh of Corn. Breakfast. Korn. It was breakfast. Oh, breakfast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And- yeah it was <laughs> in the morning. It was
2: in the morning. Yeah. Breakfast dinner, same thing. And for some reason, I remember butternut squash soup. And now I don't know if he yeah. had that or if it was just on the menu, but no, maybe it was a no. brunch. Yeah. Is I mean,
1: this he was? So is he the same? Is he like born again Christian? Yeah, he's back in
3: corn yeah. now. He was out yeah, of corn yeah. at he's that time. Yeah. We, he's back in corn. We have tickets to see corn yeah. uh, in September, which has not yet canceled, but we'll see. And coincidentally, Rob Dukes was talking about Mike Patton. Faith No More is also on that bill. So we'll see yeah. if that Oh, happens. wow.
2: And we, we were lucky enough to m- meet Mike Patton. Remember that?
3: Yeah, Mike Patton was amazing. Met with him in a toy store on
2: Melrose Place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you wanna right. do you know the story behind that? Because we we had an interview with Mike Patton booked and it got canceled for some reason. And then Mike Davis was sitting by Mike Patton at a basketball game the night before and he said, Hey man, you got to come and do this interview. So we've rescheduled it for the next day.
3: Right. Right. How yep. cool is that? I I, I sort of forgot that. But yeah. But yeah, Mike Davis. Um yeah, we should re- I was thinking I should reach out to to Mike. I, I wanted to ask Mike's wife a question about mm-hmm. an album. Uh, Mike's wife is Kim, and she is what, like manager of the of the Pantera? Of what? Estate,
2: Pantera. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. So the power metal record, um, which was the album before Cowboys from Hell is off the market unavailable. Now that I believe was the first album with Phil um, on on vocals. And I've interviewed both, I mean, we've interviewed Vinny, and I've interviewed Rex and I've interviewed Phil and I've definitely asked Rex and Phil about that record because it's not available. Uh, and it's now like, like bootlegs of it are going for thousands of dollars. Everybody, you know, is downloading it illegally and both Phil and, um, Rex basically said, yeah, it should be released. They told me that, you know, it, it, Phil actually spoke really highly of the record. He said it was more of like a Judas Priest vibe for us, you know, um, and, uh, what's, what's wrong.
1: I'm just straight- She's
2: straightening out the the dog photos. Okay, um, <laughs> and and so I like that Emily. Yeah, it, it looks good. And FYI, I just want st- to. I'm sorry, Mark uh, Emily. The one on the other side needs a little
1: tweak. I know
4: it's <laughs> yeah. The
2: what that
4: one?
3: Here yeah, I'm trying to talk metal, and you guys are. Uh, I know we're
1: talking about photos. We're anal retentive. So I, I wanted
3: yes. to ask Kim, and I'll finish I, um, this, since since the, the we're we're about out of steam here, but. Why, why isn't that album released? Like, why can't we stream it on Apple Music and Spotify? And if, if Phil and Rex don't have a problem with it, um, and, and Dimes playing you at that time was Diamond Daryl uh, on the record right. so before he mm-hmm. became Dimebag. And I, bel- he, I, I believe was he? I di- believe was he? I believe he was dime, Diamond Daryl on Cowboys from Hell too. And I, but I, I believe I, I so. I, I, I might, I, might yeah, be wrong I, about that.
2: I first knew him as Diamond Daryl before he became. I mean, not personally, but before right. he became Dimebag. And then I was, of course, lucky enough to meet him at an Ace Freely show um, at the at what was Studio Fifty Four at the time. It was called the Ritz, but it was Studio Fifty Four. So that was amazing. Remember that classic photo.
3: Yeah, yeah, I do. A great photo of John and uh, Dimebag Daryl taken by Lydia Chris, I believe, right?
2: Correct. Yeah. yeah, I love Lydia Chris. Lydia Chris is, of course, uh, uh, the first wife of Peter Chris. And um, Lydia is just amazing. And, and I can't say enough great things about Lydia Chris. She, she is so smart, and uh, she's a great photographer, and she, she does a ton of other business stuff, and uh, she's just super cool. And yeah. Mark John, used so many the,
3: stories. I feel like we could go on with the stories all we can night. On on. We could go on forever. I mean, Mark, we could tell live, Lydia stories for like the next hour. Yeah,
2: you used to live with uh, Mark Striegel. Used to live in a uh, part of Lydia's apartment.
3: Yeah, I rented a, uh, a room from her uh, for about three months. It was only three months. But oh, yeah. okay.
2: Yeah, yeah and but, then didn't the guy from Space Hulk, who's married to Liv Tyler? take over for you or you took over for him he
3: he had lived there previous to me yeah he he had rented the room previous as well as some other people but is he
2: still married to Liv tyler
3: oh i can't imagine Uh, space song no 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 no, no. royston yeah yeah royston divorced i think yeah they're they're way
1: divorced like 10 years ago yeah I'm screaming. You know, I've, you know, I've never seen, and this has
2: nothing to do with Space Hog, but, uh, but it, it popped into my head, and I saw a post that you commented on something that Nikki Seven of Emily's band and my old band, Cherry Red, and Emily's band, The Minx, posted a picture uh, from a Muse concert. Oh, right. Yeah, that was oh, yeah. a great show, yeah. Oh, my God. And I've never seen that band, and I oh, love that. They're always I great so live. You like the band? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I, you, I we've never spoke about it, but the the couple of those songs um, that I know of, uh, I think, are amazing. And the whole you crowd, yeah, the they're always great Was bouncing it. around. Yeah, that was at Webster them.
3: Hall before it closed down in the main wow. big stage room, and the yeah. whole thing oh. was
2: like, I, I was afraid I that was afraid the club was going to collapse. I
1: thought we were wow. all going to die. I was really nervous. I was like moving. Man, around. what
2: year was that? But, that was
1: three years ago. Three four, oh, four wow. years ago. Oh, wow. Because, yeah. well, so no, they've been playing arenas. I would say four. But yeah. they did, it was a one-off lottery show that they did. Uh, that's what I was going to say.
2: A small show like that? Yeah. That's, it's amazing to they've, been, see they've been
1: playing arenas for years now. Wait, they it played like, the
2: garden before, but yeah, yeah, it was like a warm-up oh, yeah. show or something. No,
1: it was a special treat. It was a special treat. I mean, the last few times we've seen them have been in arenas and stadiums. So, I mean... And But the first show I ever saw them was Hammerstein. not Hammer, Was it Hammerstein?
2: Yeah, Hammerstein. Yeah. yeah wow.
1: so, but that was 10 years ago. And then they, oh, yeah. they escalated very quickly yeah. to arenas.
2: Speaking yeah. of bands that do arenas, and this, uh, I have a ticket to see Ramstein at... Um, it's canceled. Uh, that, I thought the European tour was canceled. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Then. So I don't think the U.S. tour has been canceled yet. So I've got tickets at... What's this called? MetLife Stadium? Yeah, I got
3: tickets, too. Yep. yeah, okay. We, we yeah, have so tickets.
0: Yeah,
2: if, if, yeah. Uh, if that doesn't get canceled, uh, that'll be a concert we're going to. Now, I, I have to say that unless something really drastically happens between now and September, I, I don't know. I mean, Jersey, that's one of the states. I think things are going to be the last two places I think a stadium concert is going to happen is Jersey or New York. And so, yeah. I, I don't know. It's discouraging.
3: We'll see. Yeah. It changes day by day. You know, and no one can predict I can't take future. it anymore. I can, yeah.
2: OK, Emily, you're a scientist and a rocker. What uh, am I allowed to ask your opinion or not?
3: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear it, though, because here's the deal. Yeah. I've been the whole time I've been like, you know, like saying like, ah, don't worry, school will be opened in another two weeks. They're going to send the kids back to school. And she would be like, no, they're not. And I'd be like, get all mad, and I'd be like, hey, "M three is happening in September." She's like, "No, it's not. Yeah. You know, we're, no, that, okay. we're still going to yeah. see Rage Against the Machine." And so I have to say that every prediction that I've made, which is has been optimistic, optimistic, I feel like uh, has my my hope has slowly dimmed. So now, oh, yeah. and, and whereas Emily, for the most part, has been pretty spot on about things, um, wow, with her predictions.
1: But I was also. So,
3: having said that, I don't know that you want to hear her predictions. I
1: don't know you right, want to hear right, my predictions right, either. Right. Are
2: you allowed I, to say your predictions, Emily, or no? Sure. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, okay,
2: tell I mean, me. Okay. August concerts with Ace that like it is opening up for happening or not? Not in this area.
1: Not in this area? I think it yeah. de- it's going to depend on the state because I can tell you that. What our, state? Uh, well, I can the tell A you. A the state, in Ohio. Uh, no. I, Ohio's not in great no, Ohio's, they're, been a little Ohio's bit,
3: declining. They're yeah.
1: declining, but they've been a hot spot. And any place that's been a hot spot is gonna see a secondary spike, probably similar to the first. I hope that doesn't happen. I I pray that doesn't happen. But we might see it, but it probably won't be until December time frame. Is that's my mm-hmm. prediction. This is just my prediction. Right. So, so I could be totally the, wrong. I okay,
2: here's the thing. I rented this video, you know not an actual tape, but on demand of a movie. And I think it was called Contagion with, um, not Brad oh, don't Pitt. Don't watch that. that it's awful. Yeah. That movie's
1: terrifying.
2: What's that guy's name? Uh, he's from Boston or something. He's not Brad Pitt and he's not Ben Affleck, but he's the other one. Uh, Matt Damon. Mark,
1: well, Matt Damon. Matt
2: Damon. He was in it. And I think Gwyneth Peltrow was in it. So here's the deal. I never heard of this bats doing something and people getting diseases from bats, but I apparently in contagion, it happened. They mentioned social distancing. So I thought somebody just made this up like in December, this has been out for a while, this term social distancing. So what, what the heck is good? Why are we, Emily, i this as a scientist, you know, we're living for how many ever years the world's been out.
3: I'm to see if anybody's actually watching this anymore.
2: Yeah, and, and what the heck is, why are we having this suddenly? What's going on with that?
1: Well, if you look at, if you look at the history, this isn't, this isn't like this just happened for the first time. You know, okay. the, the Spanish flu was, we've had a lot of pandemics, and we've had a lot of diseases that have ravaged ravaged beyond what COVID has. If you look at like smallpox and, you know, a lot of diseases that ravaged us, it's fairly recent. It just so happens that we haven't seen anything in maybe a hundred years this bad, right? Okay. So I, I wouldn't say it's coming out of the blue, number one. Number two, diseases moving from animal to human is not a new phenomenon. It, it is not. This is how a lot okay. of things, and the, and the biggest one I can tell you about is is HIV. HIV moved the first time they saw it in humans, moved from a, a chimpanzee to a to a human. Mm-hmm. So, uh, moving from a bat to, and we don't even know if it came from directly from a bat or if it came from another through a bat to another animal to a human it's not unheard of so people saying oh this is this is total you know biological warfare whatever right.
2: it's not it's it's, it's it, not
1: it, it, it's right. not un- viruses you know bats carry like a hundred different viruses that could just slaughter all of us and it doesn't affect them but when it finds its way to us it will be a pandemic and so. by
3: the way guys out of the four people who are currently watching, yes. John Simpson is one of them.
1: Hi, <laughs> John. John Simpson.
3: Hi, John Simpson. There's, like, I think about 20 people watching right now, but we're, no. we're kind of dwindling. Hey, no, this no, is no,
2: some I, uh, useful information, Emily. I really think this is great. Continue on. Well, no,
4: Continue no, on.
3: And all I can say to John Simpson right now is I'm sorry.
1: No one wants I'm to happy. hear me talk about... No, 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 it's Sorry. just... No,
4: no. No, it's <laughs> true. They don't have to
2: watch. It's You're true. not forcing people to watch this.
3: This is just this us, is us having a conversation,
2: right? Yeah, we're just hanging. No, this is like so a private call that we're it. broadcasting. Mark, Mark right. hears me
1: talk yeah. about this every day. He's like, shut her up already. Just no. Vroom, vroom. No, And everyone else is like, she's a scientist? What? Like Everyone's like, yeah. I work in... I'm no, like, she, she is
3: a scientist. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah, so here's. I just want to circle back around uh, to last week, John. Uh, I hear bells. Is that me or you guys? No, that's John. S- that's John in. Simpson uh, texting me,
1: saying I just tuned in. Hi, John. Um,
3: Let me see you. I want to circle back around to last week, uh, John. Is there any chance once we get through all this that you could really make that Bruce Ace tour happen? Because I think. That's oh. that's good money for everyone. A tour with Bruce Kulick and Ace Frehley huh. together, like Bruce plays a set and then Ace plays a set, or vice versa, whatever. I right. think that would be absolutely uh, amazing, and I think that would really bring out the fans. More fair uh, money. Yeah, I really do think that that would be a big hit.
2: Two for two for. It's. I could definitely. I mean, if anybody can make it happen, I can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. No, no, I can make it happen. I just have to you know, when when you put a tour like that together, you you have to there's a, I yeah, I mean there's any tour, there's a whole bunch of things that but but I definitely can get the spark going to uh to do something like that. And and what it what it takes is it takes um like basically just here's how it would work. A booking agent would have to uh put the word out there that uh, these two bands were interested in doing this and then you'd you'd have to wait to see if offers would come in so right. anybody could go do a tour or say they're going to do a tour no matter what what usually happens is you you want to see what promoters are going to uh pay for it basically and uh, so you kind of put the word out there and then you you wait to see what comes back and then, and then you decide you do it. So, But I, I personally also believe that would be something that I, as a fan, would just love to see. And I think it yeah. would be great.
3: Yeah, and I mean, they're both still playing so well. You know, it's it's like, I, I just think that that would be be great. And, It'd be a uh, great film. As a Kiss yeah. fan, I would love to see that. But John, uh, we're going to, let's wrap it. Do you, let's, we got to play okay. a song to take us out. What do you want to play? Okay. I picked that other television song. You should pick one to end the show. Okay, this is um, podcast version only uh,
2: podcast version. Okay, give me a give me a genre.
4: <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> heavy metal, <laughs> Hi. wow, hip hop, Hi. yeah, Hi. hip hop. Hi. Yeah, Hi. I'd nice. like to hear. Remember that? Drake, drink. come on,
1: we had Dukes on earlier. We could do Run DMC for real, yeah. Know? Um, he's a metalhead.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> I had a remember, Mark. I had a CD in our old apartment, it was called like something from the Illin or something like that.
4: <laughs>
2: we used to get these CDs from work, and I won't say what work, but we used to have like tons of CDs. I used to have tons yeah. of videotapes. I would go to the trash chute and just dump tapes.
3: <laughs> down the- what I used to do when I worked at VH1 is I'd go around mm-hmm. and all the execs would, would they'd get all these CDs and they'd put them in the hallway on the floor. Right. And that meant they were free game. So yeah, I would yeah. go around and, and I'd collect them, them. I'd just take them all. And uh, I'd be like walking back to my desk with like 90 <laughs> CDs in my You hand. know
1: what? We, we, need to then, hear, we need to hear about Norris. Your conversations with him. What was his name? Not Norris.
3: John Norris? No clue who you were talking about. Norris but uh, Norris? um i i so i i oh kurt loader you mean oh no yeah. it's
1: kurt loader yeah
3: so i i would come back to um my desk with like 90 cds and i i put them down and i would take out a couple that i i wanted or that looked interesting and then i would take the rest down to st mark's place uh and oh, wow. i go to a place uh, called sounds
1: sounds right. it was above um Trash and Vaudeville,
3: correct. or Below, uh, below. below. Yeah, yeah. yeah, correct. Yes, yeah, and, and I would, uh, or or next to it. It may, have, it may. Have, no, it I like, think it
1: was below. Kind no, that
3: was Kim's. That was Kim's. Okay.
4: Kim's was below. The trash was two floors, so sounds yeah. must
2: have been
3: next to it or something. Yeah, because sounds you had to walk up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uh but you're you're right. Same little area there, and I would take in all these CDs. And they would like go through them and they'd like make two piles, the ones they were going to keep and the ones they weren't. And they'd be like, well, we can't give you any for these. But for these, he'd look it over and be like, $41. It was always like an odd number. (laughs) number. That was was like, they say that was their, because the odd numbers, like if if they would have said 40, you don't believe him, but if they say 41, it sounds more... Yeah, yeah it sounds more legitimate. Yeah, and I would be like, sure.
4: That's funny. And so
3: he'd give me cash and I'd take it. And that, like, that 40 bucks, I mean, think about 40 bucks in, in you know, 1995. That was well, a lot of money. think about,
1: he was making 70 or 80 easy.
3: Oh, yeah, because he'd resell it. Yeah. And then they they give you cash or they give you a little more for tr- for trade store yeah. credit, yeah. So yeah, but I, I, I definitely supplemented my my income as, the, as the CD, yeah,
2: the CD Were they map. Were they
1: nicked? Remember how they would nick the... Yeah, they, yeah, they,
2: yeah like they, they got, got, got like little... a stamp on them or something. Yeah, you know, they like have a lot Like a cutout. yeah. yeah. Remember the records, they used to call it a cutout. They had like a physical little thing in it. Right. Yeah. But the CDs would have like a, a little hole punch or something in it. But
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. At, at
2: one point when I decided to get rid of physical CDs, I still have a whole bunch of CDs now, but at one point just in my life, even my Kiss CDs, I, I took them all to a place in Hoboken, and, and they would look them up on like, I think it was Amazon or something, and find out what used CDs were going for. And then they'd give you an estimate based on that. And so, like, you'd drop this stuff off and then they'd say, okay, come back in, like, two hours. And then they'd go through it. And then I I'd, I'd, I sold every CD I had. Like, wow. Even the Kiss ones? Yeah, even the Kiss ones. And um, right. because I was like, I'm going all digital. So I sold wow. everything. And now yeah, I have a whole love- bunch of CDs. Again, but oh
1: my God. We have hundreds, John. Do you even understand? <laughs> in the yeah. thousands? Oh, like... About twenty wow. feet this way, like mm-hmm. lined up, lined up.
2: I believe it. I be between both of you, who, oh uh, I believe it. Mark's laughing. Well, He's like,
1: "Yeah, I try and get I'm, I'm, I purged all that stuff a long time ago. He's a hoarder. It's okay.
3: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hoarder with but. certain things only. Yeah, yeah with certain okay. things
1: with everything.
2: So, Mark, but this is an odd podcast <laughs> because we, we're trying to incorporate more of us into it. However, um, we're we're not, you know we're not out of we're not out of our minds crazy or anything so i'm not saying that we should do arts yeah oh yeah <laughs> like sometimes um you know some of those fun ones i you know what i think we need documentary stakeout
1: covid right. time <laughs>
4: yeah. COVID, covid
1: stakeout <laughs> with the masks yeah
2: let's yeah. do let's get on some masks let's go down uh to that uh, waterfall down in uh manhattan um in Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. market right and let's look for Axel Rose can we do that <laughs> yeah yep. that was Axel one of the, the greatest ever uh things that we ever did i think we need we, we maybe we make a fake bar where we're social dis- i'm tired of social distancing but i yeah, know th- Emily, that's why i don't
3: even know if i want to stay in this area anymore it's like I know. I, you know the town of maplewood new jersey we had like 25 people dead and then I was looking uh, yeah. at the, and you know, we had three thousand people live here. And then I look at San Diego, California, has right. like one point five million people, and they got like a hundred something dead. It's like yeah. the, right. the math doesn't. Yeah. I mean, right, one point mm-hmm. five million with a hundred and thirty dead. New England, and then, and then New and then,
1: England has been hit hard. Period. Yeah.
3: Wow. Well, how do yeah. we explain yeah. that?
1: I don't know. Well, but, yeah,
3: we're not part of New England. Hey,
1: movie.
2: I heard that um, Hong Kong only had four dead. Hong Kong? Yeah, I heard yeah. I don't know if
3: that's true, but who knows? It could be. But uh
2: David Asman said that today. But um it, you know, it's who knows what numbers are real and what aren't. But the thing is, but I believe these United States numbers, yeah. I mean I'm it's just a, about ready to leave like here. the
3: New Jersey, New York area. I'm just yeah, like Jersey, I'm kind of over it. There's a sad it's thing. Like, it's um, like you know, people are like, Don't move to California, there's there's earthquakes. Well, okay, but in, in New Jersey, we have, you know, I almost got killed by a tree falling on my house in the hurricanes. Oh. I, I, you know, 9-11, uh, right. you know, now this, you know, New Jersey, New York, like way above any other place in the country. Right, it's right. like, Crazy way like above why am country. I, why am I paying the highest taxes in the Our country to live really- in the most dangerous place <laughs> in the world? Right. I mean, people yeah. are like, well, you know... I feel like I live in the freaking Afghanistan. It's like right, what, what we, the what the frick I know. is going on How do you
1: feel about like moving to Indiana, where my family is?
3: Well, be, uh, not- <laughs>
1: Indianapolis.
3: I was thinking <laughs> I more
2: California. PA.
4: But, yeah.
1: <laughs> I've always said we'll go back to um, Indiana someday.
2: I can, I could go to Grizzly Adams' way. Do you remember him, <laughs> <laughs> Grizzly Adams? Yeah, definitely. Not too get far a pet, from like yeah. a bear or a dog or something. Right. Yeah. And I'll just hang yeah. out there and right. play uh, yeah. and have some guitars behind me. And then we can do the talking uh, metal podcast for from- I'll
1: be honest. I'll be honest. Mark and I would be in California right now if it weren't for our kids.
3: Yeah. And my family's all in New Jersey, too. Yeah. So I, I been, right. Yeah. That's right. definitely a yeah. consideration. But um, it's
1: more like it's hard to move your kids once they're established. Once they get <laughs>
2: established. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's really tough but Mark and I, when Harrison was a baby, like six months old, we said, let's do it now. Let's move to LA right. now. Right.
3: Yeah. We were, we've, we've spoken about it many wow. times. Yeah, I we just were- now it's like with all this stuff, it's like, it's like, I just remember like 30 years ago, people were like, Oh, don't move to California. There'll be an earthquake. Well, guess what? Yeah. There's been some little earthquakes out there. Maybe a few people died through the years, but it's like, New Jersey, we got like 11,000 people dead of COVID 19. It's like yeah. you nine know, eleven, the freaking 3,000 people murdered. Uh, you know, Hurricane Sandy. I'm almost <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. By, I'm,
2: I'm just laughing. It was yeah, a, a, a tree,
3: right. uh, two trees a tree fall on our house. Almost, almost one fell on me, almost killed Jeez. me. It's like, it's like, so it's like, oh, it's God. like, uh, I, I'm, I'm, and then. Essex County is the second highest county for taxes in the country. It's like wow. what and the schools aren't even that good. I mean the schools are like mediocre in my opinion. I'm just like why why am I living? Why am I What's paying up? so much money to live in the most dangerous place on earth? You know, and I, I know that's a slight exaggeration, but right. you know, I'm just I'm just talking uh, you know, it, it, obviously things are dangerous in the Middle East and stuff. But on the flip side, it's like Jesus. It's like what the hell? Get, I, you know, I want to get the hell out know, of here.
2: I can't take much more of this uh, insanity. But I know it's not insanity. But I, I can't. I don't know how many more weeks I can. You know, just walk around. Well, they,
4: they, he's, he's, he's it,
3: it's scared. rapidly. He's the governor's in Jersey. He's rapidly. I think even more more so than New York. He's rapidly loosening the restrictions so today yeah. he, he's opening new stores letting like bike shops are now open uh he just announced that you can have outdoor gatherings uh it was 10 people now it's 25 people so oh, in wow. theory you could have a you could have a block party tomorrow and have twenty five people all hanging out, drinking beer, having a party, and they're not. Oh, gonna okay. party, but it has to be outside, so it's rapidly say, moving in Jersey.
1: I have to That's say good. something. Sure, like everything that Mark is saying, yes, it's legit. But John, you have to understand, we both lived in New York City for years. I lived in New York City for ten years. He lived in New York City for like twenty years. This is where our heart and soul is. Right. So whatever That's you're true. saying about like I'm sick of this shit, we go on these walks where we can see the, the skyline and mm-hmm. both of us, our hearts melt. NYC is what made me a, a, an adult and you too. Like we both spread our wings in NYC. So you can see everything you right. want and poo poo off. Yeah. It's not the way it used to be. And maybe that sucks a little bit, but that's why it's hard to let go.
3: Right. And yeah, I agree with that sure. 100%, okay. but on the flip side, I'm like, Wow, you know, we could get for this three bedroom house in Maplewood. We could get a freaking mansion in San Diego, and and uh, yeah. not have to worry about getting killed by hurricanes and terrorists and freaking pandemics. Uh, yeah, I got <laughs> uh, yeah. no, no. <laughs>
2: yeah. like on a daily basis, like uh,
4: if they've got I'm, seals, uh,
1: do they have seals? Oh, oh. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. A, a, I, I, don't, know. In I Diego, don't know. I don't know. San and Diego
2: uh, has- It's really nice out there. My. My good friend Tommy Rulon lives out in San Diego, and he has like a beautiful like beachfront home, and it's just out of control out there. It's so beautiful. It's a great area. I can
4: deal
1: with that.
2: It, you know that, sh- that hat I wear like every day except for today? It's, it says belly up on it. That's San Diego. It's called Solana Beach, a um, little north of San Diego downtown. Um, great, great area. I mean, it's beautiful out there for sure. Yeah. San Diego is right. nice.
1: Everyone thinks yeah. I'm from California, so we should do it. Yeah. My right. mom was born Let's, in California. Oh, I didn't know that, Emily. That's pretty yeah. cool. My mom was born uh,
2: there. So you got a connection.
1: Yep.
2: Well, guys, we had a great time tonight. Um, stay tuned next week. We're going to have another one. Oh, man, and we're you gonna guys ask- are not
3: going to believe who our guest is. I don't want to say just yet, but it's it's such a big star that uh, it's going to. Uh, you got You got it? No, right? I don't. I don't I don't know who okay, yeah. I'm just now we're gonna
2: to... have some great guests. No matter what, we're gonna have great guests. We we have a here here's the truth, guys. We have a lot of people that uh will, uh want to come on and uh that we've asked and uh, some <gasps> that we haven't asked and they've asked us, but mostly that we ask. And um we're we're trying to space it out so every episode isn't like for example, um we had Phil Schaus on our first episode from A3 Gene Simmons Man. Yeah, got another great. blabbermouth headline. And, yeah, and um uh, the rest of the guys, Jeremy and Ryan and um I'd like to ask Matt Starr to come on. Christopher, the drummer from Except, who also played with those guys. We have we have all those guys. I want to get Anthony Esposito on. I love Matt um, Starr. I love
1: Anthony. Oh my god, yeah, we All so <laughs> those
2: guys are great. Uh, you know, I'd love to get Richie Scarlet on. I'd love to get Chris Wise on. I'd love to get Scott Coogan on. Oh my on. god. Um, so I think we we've got a lot of people that um we can reach out to, but I I don't want every you know, not just me, we want to, I feel like I'm doing, um, like a politician. Um, I, I want to, uh, you know, every show can't be the kiss band show. You know what I mean? We got to right. branch out a little bit. So trying to space out the kiss stuff. Right. You know?
3: Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think you had some good suggestions earlier. I will, we'll, we'll have to think about who we can get. I would love to get like a, uh, what about like a Saxon or something? Although Biff, he's in the UK, so it's going to be the middle of the night for him, but, uh, yeah, we'll Uh, figure it out. We'll get some good guests. And we've had some people who actually like just hearing us talk without the, uh, without the interview. So, so we will be back. Uh, let's plan on next Friday, John. And, uh, thank you for hooking this all up. John is the producer of this. He's the guy who's (laughs) really, uh,
2: at least technically uh, making this all happen. So thank you, John. Mark Mark's a professional TV producer. I'm just a uh, uh, Facebook live producer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but man.
1: Multi talented. We love you, John. Thank you. We missed you. I, I can't you wait too, to guys. have miss you too. over and grill out for you and make you another Yeah, big whenever day it's though.
2: safe, I'm I'm there guys. I mean okay. I, I you know whenever it's safe because you got kids and stuff and I don't want to give anybody COVID. Not that I have it, <laughs> but you never
1: know. <laughs> right. We miss you. We'll COVID. See you
2: so my new song, it's going to be called, it's COVID time again. No, <laughs> you know, it'll always yeah. win.
1: If we can't laugh about it, we're going to yeah, die. Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah. I, I,
2: for anybody, you know, I know people who've been terribly affected yes. by this. And so I, yeah. I'm not making light of it. I'm just, no. you know, they, they say Definitely. that even in tragedy, you're supposed to, um,
1: you know, laugh. try to. You have to find a way a to bit. laugh. There's you got to do it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, right. by the way, um, we'll leave with this. John, you mentioned the band Roy's Baby, which is a band you and I had. And our basis for part of that time, part of Roy's Baby uh, history was Sean Burns. I did text him today. It sounds like he's doing a lot better. He did come down with COVID-19, was uh, sick, and he is feeling better. He's actually allowed to... Uh, go out of his room. He is in a facility right now. So uh, we love
1: you, Sean. And
3: he's able
4: to. Yes, we uh,
2: love Sean Burns. And those guys are doing a a Zoom chat with my friend Tim Zimmerman and and the the, the guys. I got a text from Tim, and because of my whole computer disaster today, where my laptop had <laughs> beer spilled on it, um, I, I was consumed with that today. So, um. So I'm sorry I didn't get back to you guys because they're doing a call. And even after we jump off of this, I can't immediately get onto another call because this has been like a a two-and-a-half-hour thing, and it takes time for it to what I call render, uh, which is like a TV word. And um, so I can't immediately jump onto something. But one of these days, I want to get on a chat, like a Zoom chat, with uh, all my buddies from Berkeley, uh, including Sean Burns and Tim Zimmerman and everybody else in the bed, Dodgy. Kirby, Paula, to connect a lot of good friends, but yeah. so I'm going so to do that soon. And connect. I'm glad to hear Sean Burns is doing better. Yeah. We love Sean Burns. Well,
1: I'm glad Go to road. connect with you guys. Love we, we love talking metal. We love our, right. we love you guys so much and hope you're doing well. We right. love Pearl,
2: the dog who we saw. Not
1: Where is Pearl. Pearl. Pearl?
2: Pearl, where's Pearl?
1: She's like asleep. She's at early uh, uh, to bed. Like she dog. goes
2: to bed early. Yeah. She does. Okay guys, keep rocking.
1: Love
2: you,
4: John. uh, Love you, too. We'll see you soon. Okay. All right, man. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers.
6: But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use
4: Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) AutoTrader.